Creed. Um, Cuck Simulator. Don't lie to me. What? <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy our little repartee before the, the rest of the slow old timers get here on uh, on Not On Time. Yeah. Look at so. you with those Dahmer glasses all cosplayed Dahmer like glasses. Really? Really? Yeah. It's early in the morning, huh, Stone? Okay. All right. Yeah, Cappy, could you please explain, like, the glasses, what's wrong? Like, you get eye cancer or something? Like, no, what's going it's, on? Uh, it's um, kind of common. It's... Your boyfriend came in your eye. Yes. Oh, you have uh no, no, no. What's the thing? Astigmatism. Not astigmatism. It's a, a variant of a migraine where you get blurry vision on one part of your eye. And if you look it up on the internet, it is, you know, oh my God, you're going to go blind tomorrow. It's horrible. Oh, your eyes are de- macular degeneration. And it's not, it's like aura, uh, some medical term where you're, you just, Jesus, you fucking butchered this. <laughs> well, it's I'm not. Trying. It's not crisis. I didn't. I looked it up. I got a nurse practitioner who's a fan. She keeps me like she's like the resident nurse. All right, she what's takes it called again? Of, My ocular something? No, aura. Like a u r a. That is something. And all it is, you just get a little bit of blurry vision. Your eyes are overstimulated by light or blue light. And oh, migraine you, aura. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And it and ironically, you don't have you don't have a um a migraine. There's no pain involved in it. It's just that you got this blurry spot. And it's kind of dangerous if you're driving because it, it doesn't matter if it's perfect driving conditions, you can't see out of this particular part of your eye. You're you're getting light, but you can't make out shapes or anything. So you just close your eyes and it's dark, and what usually triggers it is is too much blue light. <laughs> and that's why I got these glasses. Now, of course, the the um, the autists in my audience are like, you got to get non-reflective glasses. It's like, OK, because that is so high on my priority list right now. Oh, I get it because they because you can't see your eyes. You can't see it makes my you eyes. Less well, and that's another thing that I found fascinating about this world we're in is I thought, nah, people just care about the message. It It, it is personality driven. People want to see your face. No, no, Not no. That you're a physically attractive person. They want to see a human. So let's get Jason in here, too. Well, but, yeah, it's the human thing, right? Right. Like to actually right. be able What's to up, see Jason? you in the eye when you're talking. Hey, Aaron. Yeah. How you doing? Doing good, hey, Jason. Jason. Uh, how's Florida? You guys all right? All dried out yet or what? Yeah, well, you know, in my area, it didn't really affect me, but it, other people certainly affected. So, uh, you know, they're rebuilding and doing their thing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so that's why I have the glasses, guys. It's just so it, and I could take them off because what ends up happening is it pinches off the back of my head and it starts getting annoying. But no, oh, I, these aren't seizures. even, no, it's just, it's just, same to getting old. It's just like just too much screen time. And, um, you know, but to answer Jack's question, yeah, I've been forcing myself to go have fun and um, which is good. But that's why I haven't been around and, and, and as uh, insulting on the Internet. So, oh, but, you'll always be my favorite. Come, 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 Rudgeon. How do you pronounce that shit? Curmudgeon. Curmudgeon. Have the non-native English speaker explain it to you, Ryan. You're beaten hey, by the Dutch guy. I'm sorry. I write things down that are fancy. I talk like a pleb. <laughs> Hey, what was what was the reason? Words. What was the reason that um you were gonna cry or something like that? So I posted a picture in the I think in the Twittergrams. It was just of the uh, my walk-in closet. I installed some shelving finally because we ordered it and had the time to do it. And so it says, "Oh, don't show Ryan." Like, is, is there a rival like in home ownership projects or is there a were we? Uh, I think it's just because I have expectations and I like nice things. That's most likely their way of just saying you had no taste, but we'll see. Do you have it on? I had no taste. 
What in the show? I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. Jason, are you handy? Do you do most of your own home construction projects or you just buy and you, you get know, too busy with other stuff? I, I used to be handy, but uh, then I got rich and now I yeah. just hire people to do shit. <laughs> you know what? Keep talking about how you're rich so we can remind Jack that he's poor. I always yeah. like reminding the young and gen Zoomers that they, what, that they, they don't got the money. When I was poor, I was probably more skilled than I am being rich. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm I'm happy because this is the I always say it's the final project, but this one you know. It's, How it's long not, ago did you tweet this thing? I'm trying to look for it. Uh, I don't. I didn't tweet it out. I just put it in the discussion form. Maybe I put it. Hang on. I don't know if oh. I put it in the. I'm sure if I scan somewhere between John's bragging, I'll find <laughs> it in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Hey guys, I'm having fun. Hey, look oh. a two million two million view thing. Um, look at these titties. I'm fucking these titties. I'm like. Maybe maybe I didn't post. I it just realized Japan. we're no live. I was just yeah, we're live. Yeah. See, <laughs> I'm in a hotel, so you know my my lighting and stuff is not ideal here. I don't. Welcome I don't to Kathy Streams. Yeah. Yeah, I don't believe in waiting. This this pre-show stuff, like you got the pre. You don't want to edge the algorithm. No, I want to edge the yes, algorithm. Man. Whatever, whatever sure, tricks you you nerds have on this social media, I'm I'm still shocked and amazed. <laughs> I make money on this. I'm happy with that. I'm not going to tweak the variables, but I always, I always figure. We All right, go somebody send me a link to your damn shelf. I want to see why everybody's going to say I'm going to cry over it. Um, here. All right, let me somebody send you a picture. No, I'll send it. Don't share it on the internet. I just let me oh, okay, send yeah, the then picture. No, I won't share it. Yeah, but and the GF already started filling it up. But yeah, I put that. Take a look. You should have it now. But so it's what's just my uh, problem supposed to be with this. I don't know. I've, maybe it wasn't Twitter, but it may be Facebook. Someone said a thing where they're like, oh, is Ryan's going to be not necessarily jealous, but um, I don't to be know. Honest, it's actually similar to what I have set up in mine, except for I've got some doors in front of it. So I don't have yeah. to look at it all day. Yeah. So and my boxes are white, not gray. Yeah. So that's that's the that's the project. And we're this close. There's like two more closets that have to go in. The drawers were the bitch. Dude, where's all your Hawaiian shirts, though? I see like two in there. There's two down, but four. the rest are down in in uh, Vegas. I have most oh. of my my wet, warm weather clothing oh, down in Vegas. That's, that's what your alter ego does down there. That's He's my Southern shirt. Command. Yeah, you are. Yeah, my second home. Should we be sharing the <laughs> of this closet? I don't see it. What's no, that? No, it's oh. Clary's very private with his stuff. He was just oh, yeah. to see what I was making fun of him for. Yeah, it's well, it's he, just he's a not nice in the closet, so you know. No, I'm not in the closet <laughs> <laughs> anymore. According to some people, <laughs> yeah. we waiting on anyone else. I like to start sharp, but go I for know, it. Do I it, show, man. Run a, okay, we're not expecting uh, Fitch or uh, well, uh, what's his name? Ben always comes in later. So, all right, uh, I'm glad we have the panel that we do because Jason is uh, probably the foremost expert on on property and housing. I want to talk about home ownership uh, for this audience as well as yours because mine is is relatively versed given my background. We should have a discussion about the role uh, of home ownership and owning property plays in young men's life because of, of multiple reasons. One, it's the single largest purchase you're likely to make. Some of you idiots may have gone to school for a doctorate in women's studies, but okay. Um, it's going to most directly affect uh, your happiness because that's your, your environment. Um, and lodging is the largest expense generally on most people's uh, personal budget. And so because of that, we should probably kind of guide and forecast a little bit 
the the role that home ownership would play in young men and any young women that are, are uh, tuning in because it has such a, a huge effect. And so I want to have a, a more than just my mind on this. And I guess the the main thing is without a family, family was largely what determined uh, not only if you would own a house, a house, but what type of house you would own. But should men generally be looking at owning property uh, at some point in their lives? And so that I'd like to kind of open it up to that. Those are all good questions, Aaron. And, uh, you know, I just finished uh, your book, The Menu, which is excellent, by the way. I, I did not know about that one until you were on my show recently. And it really does beg the question whether uh, it is smart to buy a house. Um, and I would say a lot of the uh, issue for a single man depends on uh, how old you are, of course, uh, what's going on with your career, um, what are your plans and opinions about whether or not you will marry and start a family. And of course, what is your level of wealth currently? And um, I would definitely recommend that everybody own rental property, income property, income producing real estate, because it's the most historically proven asset class in the entire world. Uh, but whether or not you should own your own home is really questionable. Uh, I, uh, you know, staying lean and portable as a, as a single man uh, has a lot of benefits to it. And uh, I, I have mostly throughout my life owned my own house. And I look at how that's impacted me socially and my opportunities to kind of move around and try different cities. Uh, and I, I think that's been uh, largely negative. Uh, so I'm not a huge proponent, oddly enough. Now, just for the audience, have you ever been married and had kids? Like, have you had a family that you've had to house? Uh, no, I have not been married or divorced and that's why I'm still rich. <laughs> <laughs> so, but so your, your experience with home ownership sans the rental property, you would not do it again. You would own rental property, but you would not have your own domicile. You would just cause what the maintenance or upkeep or what? Yeah, no, no, I didn't quite say that. Um, I, you know, I'm planning to put my personal residence that I live in now in, in Palm Beach, Florida, I'm planning to put that on the market real soon and travel for a little while and be nomadic again. I've, I've done that a couple times in my life. Uh, and I'll probably buy a house after that, uh, just because, you know, I have enough capital and I got to use it for something. Mm -hmm. uh, it's better than alternatives. Uh, but I'm just saying for most people listening, uh, if, if you're in your 20s and 30s, especially, uh, being able to move and to try different cities and live in different places and, you know, kind of go where the wind takes you, that's a good thing, you know. Um, and, and depending on what's going on with your career, as I always say, the best thing you can ever have on a resume is certainly not that degree in feminist studies, <laughs> that master's degree, right? Um, but the best thing you can have on a resume is mobility. To be, to be able to go to where the jobs are, go to where the opportunities are. Uh, and, um, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, it's the same way because, you know, maybe you want to live in a city where entrepreneurs in your space live, a lot of them, right? You know, and uh, if, you, if you're, a, if you're a, a, a speaker in the speaking business, you know, a lot of those congregate in San Diego, for example. Uh, if you're a tech person, a lot of those congregate in Austin, Texas, for example, right? And so to be able to just move around and give 30 days notice and go is a pretty cool thing. But I definitely think you should buy investment property. 
Well, yeah. I, it, it, it brings up a very interesting point about younger people is in being flexible. It's kind of the the outdated advice, not necessarily malicious advice, not a lie, but the outdated advice where, you know, oh, you should go to college, any degree is a good degree, that kind of thing that may have applied 40, 50 years. And home ownership would have made a lot of sense. Yo, oh, get yourself a piece of property. You know, the American dream was to have your house paid off. But I, I think I, I agree that the modern day economy, labor market and, and just society, there is no rush to go get a home, especially as a, as a young single person and being able to pick up and move and also not have that financial obligation that you got to meet and make the payment of the mortgage. Like you could live in the van life, live with your folks for a little bit and like that. I think the number one asset that people should be pursuing in terms of their overall finances, especially as a younger person is optimizing their career. And, and so not, not so much optimized, but by what I mean by optimizing is finding what your niche is, what your calling is. I hate to, even say that there's a calling because it kind of sounds like, oh, this is your your um, your soulmate. But to find a place of stability, wealth generation, income generation, multiple sources of income. And you don't really think about that, but you do have an arm tied behind your back when you're a homeowner. Yeah. Uh, and that and I, I, I think going out and, and doing that. Rolo, you've you've kind of. <laughs> had an untraditional path. I mean, how much, how much of this echoes right. in your mind? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jason's hundred percent, right. You'd be a whole lot richer if you didn't have a wife and kids. <laughs> um, I think we got that. I think we, well, just- I, I, but here's the thing is like, when, when it comes to like, sorry if my voice sounds bad, I've been sick for the last couple of days. Um, the, uh, the, 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 your choice of life path, I think is really, really key in this conversation here because, um, I, I have seen uh, and, and Jason probably remembers this. You guys, you guys remember when like uh, George W. Bush was in pre- was was the president, and oh, yeah. he used to harp on uh, this thing called the ownership society, right? And that's when you could go and get like really super cheap. It was like right before the big short, you know. <laughs> it's like you could get like no interest loans or like uh, you know reverse mortgages or whatever it was, you know, just all this monkey business that was going on back then. But they sold it to us as. Um, as the ownership society, everybody in the United States should be, here we are at war, right? Everybody should be able to own, to own a, a home, you know? And you, you even had like, um, you, you saw sort of this trickle down effect or this, these downstream effects of this to the point where like society was like, well, you know, we deserve a house. We deserve a home. We deserve this. And it was uh, this, uh, the dream, the American dream was to own a house. And it used to be that if you were a, um, if you were a married couple, the best investment you could make in your life was to buy a home, right? Because you would get equity and it would be worth more. And it was like really the the only major investment people were, were, you know, expected to like actually make some money off of. And then the big short happened and all that, all that went. <laughs> and so suddenly we went from the ownership society to, um, to the, well, the renter society. And now, now it's almost expected that people will rent their homes because of exactly what, uh, what Jason was saying here. And the thing is, I think our, even if, uh, even if you are, even if you have a family, if you have, um, if you have children, um, very few people, I, I think really, uh, have a you know job security in the sense that like, they know what they're going to, they, it's going to be this regular constant thing. And really when, um, right around 2010, when the gig economy started up, because I, I know because I was I was in it I was well it was hot and now it's really kind of like moved into the hustle economy, but um, 
the uh, the idea of staying in one place and like sort of putting down roots is was like thrown out the window. So we went from this ownership society to this renter society, and you'll even hear um you'll even hear like companies like BlackRock or um like uh, I forget who was is it Klaus, uh, Jason? You know you will own nothing and you will be, be happy, happy, right? Where where what happened to the ownership society and that now suddenly we've moved over to to you know Klaus's uh, you know uh, live in a pod <laughs> kind can't of thing. Afford it. <laughs> we've gone from like ownership society to to live in a pod in less than twenty years, yeah. and so that ought to tell you like what the the sort of the mobility is uh, with the with economics and everything and then you've also got to um take into effect i mean this is of course in my wheelhouse now is like you have to take into consideration that fewer and fewer people are actually getting married to begin with so the american dream of like uh husband and wife buying house and you know picket fence and uh golden retriever or italian greyhounds in your front yard um you would say <laughs> italian greyhounds window now and so, but because we're much more mobile, even if you're not a digital nomad, like, like Jason is, or even, I guess, Cappy was for a while. Well, um, I still am. I can leave anytime. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but so nobody has job security, so nobody really wants to plant your know, roots unless they've got some really, really solid job now. And so in a sense, it almost makes more sense for you to rent your home than it does to buy a home. Now, I just bought this home that I'm in right now where I transfer my studio, but this is my base of operations now. So it's not just my home. It's also my place of work. And I have to, for, for what I'm doing, I've got to have studios. So it's either in Reno or it's in Vegas right now. <clears throat> and so I'm, I'm kind of fluctuating between the two, but I do own this place now, but it's, it's a, I, I, the, I had been renting by the way from gosh, since the since I moved back to Reno, really uh, in 2013 to right now 2022, and I purchased this place because it had a lot of land. It suited my needs. The dogs love it because it's got a huge backyard, um, and so it worked out. But you got to remember those that those uh, effects of of having a family and having kids, and you got to look, you got to think about like where the school is, and it's just like it puts a lot of a lot of burden on guys. So let let me ask a follow up on that role because. Um, you're the only one who has the closest thing and, and you do have the thing uh, approaching uh, a traditional family. Like you've had family, you've had kids. Would you have bought less housing over? I don't know how many homes you've owned, but it's been a couple, but would you have bought less housing? Like knowing you, your, your kid would move out inevitably. So you'd have a shared room and bunk beds and then you'd have, you know, your starter home would become your retirement home because, and Jason might be able to back me up on this. I've never understood the, what I think to be profligate waste of, okay, we're going to get a starter home, starter home. Like you should just get a home. Kids get bunk beds to get the hell out. And when they get the hell out, you get to go back to banging your wife in the kitchen again. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, that apparently was way too old school. So would, in your opinion, Having gone down the traditional path and now your kids out of the house, would you have gotten by with less housing? Would you have done the same thing? Would you have rented and, and you know, in hindsight, now that you're also remotely employed, which mm -hmm. is going to be, I think, the trend going forward? Well, there's no way I could possibly forecast what I would be doing. Like, remember when uh, the big short happened in like, 2007? Um, there's no way I could accurately forecast like what I would be doing in 2017, right? Just 10 years later or even 2022. So you, you do the best with what you have at that, for, at that particular time. And, um, 
I think that if I could do it all over again, I sure as shit wouldn't have bought a house in 2005 in Florida. (laughs) And I'll tell you what's funny is like, as people want to run me up the flag before this, yes, I did default. (laughs) The only time I've ever done this, I did default on a loan. I defaulted on my, on my, uh, one of my houses in, uh, in 2005 during the big short, right? Because you, you suddenly you're so far underwater. You're like, what the, what the fuck am I doing here? And it was like uncharted territory. You didn't know, know anything about this. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I did. And I thought, you know, at that point I'm like, okay, I'm just never going to own a house again. So I, I ended up, um, let's see, renting more or less. And then I thought about it and I go, you know, for what I do, even as a married guy with, with my, my child in tow, um, I, I am better off uh, renting because I need to be mobile. I need to be able to like pick up and move at a moment's notice. And uh, I, I got to the point where like, I joke with my wife, I'm like, we, we move literally like probably every year or I'm moving someone else. Like I'm helping like someone else, like move from one place to another pretty much every year. And I'm like, this is, this is like no way normal. And I, and so I'm like, but what's, what's freaking normal anymore? So I think it is that like, I've lived in half the country myself. And here's the funny thing, Jay, Cappy, Rolo, I agree a hundred percent with what you guys are saying, but, and this might be the Canadianism in me. Had I followed that advice, I would have lost out on hundreds of thousands of dollars. So in Canada, I have always lived in a city that's been in a property bubble for ever since I first, and I bought in 2003. So I even made money off my property having to sell it in 2010. So right after the housing crisis in those property bubbles, everything was overpriced. We're like, dude, houses used to cost 150,000. Now people are paying 300,000 and idiots guys are telling me, it's like, dude, I bought my house last year and I sold it for twice what it's worth. I now own my place outright and they retire from the military after like seven years. It's insane. So had I not gotten in on the property bubble, I probably would have missed out on maybe $100,000 in that first place there. At the same time, I got posted to Montreal to where there was a second property bubble happening. So I had to get out on that market. Now, being I was in the military, they had a program where if you were required to move for work and your house didn't sell right away, they would pay all the interest on your your mortgage and uh, all of the fees and the real estate and that. So just by owning that place, yes, it's a pain in the ass to have to sell it. But the military had a program where if I didn't sell when I moved to Montreal, I buy the new place. I play two mortgages. They compensate me for all of the expenses. So I didn't have to pay lawyer fees. I didn't have to pay real estate fees. So even with the 2008 crisis, the property bubble plus those payouts meant I was still making like six figures off of that house. And then same thing in Montreal when we moved to Toronto. Luckily, this bubble was so quick that one sold like that. And then I bought here. And in each case, it was probably better to be nomadic. It was probably better to, you know, follow all this stuff. But I would have missed out on so much. And now I like I joke around how I accidentally became a millionaire because of the Toronto housing market. So I do want to say like you do have to look at your specific situation. This is why I hate like everybody has the same cookie cutter advice, because like I said, Jason, absolutely right. I 100 percent agree with all of it. In my specific situation, though, it would have been the worst thing I could have done. But I think this might be a difference between the American and Canadian markets as well. So, yeah, you really just got to do the math on your own, even if you have like a goal, is my opinion on it. And I'm not well, an expert. So, Ryan, if I could respond to that, I, I definitely just want to make it clear to everybody that I am a huge proponent of owning real estate, of owning income producing properties. 
I think I think income property is the most historically proven asset class in the entire world, bar none, no competition. Uh, you don't have to own the house in which you live, though. That's my point. Uh, and I'm just saying for Aaron's audience, uh, which is skews a little bit younger, I believe, and, you know, largely single. Um, and, you know, we all know what's going on. We know that, you know, the female primary social order in which we live and, and how the courts are so unfair to men and so forth. You know, and given that, and given that a lot of people are entrepreneurs and they, they need to be able to move around. That's all I'm saying, that that flexibility is very valuable, but definitely own properties. I mean, you could have uh, purchased rental properties instead of your own house, right? So you would have still been in the game. And uh, I get what you're saying. Um, and, you know, you might not have done that because maybe that wouldn't have been your first thought. Um, you know, uh, it's just sort of traditional to just buy your own house. But I want to say, well, there's yeah, costs here attached to it too, right? Like the military programs wouldn't have covered me if it was a rental place. And yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. the government only gives me those, like that same kind of consideration for writing off income tax if it's yeah. primary residence. So they do kind of gear the law. That's why I'm pretty sure a lot of this stuff is Canadian specific. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I get you. A few advantages there. Another thing that I, I do kind of want to introduce, and you guys know TJ Martinell, right? Um, he's written a couple of books, TJ Martinell. I do. Yeah. So he he would he had brilliant timing. Um, he kind of bought near the bottom of the market after the financial crisis. He's a younger millennial back then. I still think in his 20s, and he bought a little hut outside of Leavenworth, Washington. And we made money printer go burr and interest rates near zero and burr, 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 burr. And then all you know, everyone wants to move out of Seattle because people are pooping in the streets and rioting. So he ended up getting in early. And I think this is a, a, a paradox or a problem younger people face is you almost have to be exposed to real estate and have a position in it in one way or another merely to keep up with the housing, long-term housing inflation so that if the point in time does come, that you want to buy a house, uh, either for investment purposes or, or living purposes, you have to have the, the purchasing power to go along with it. Because another problem people face, oh, I got to get 20% down, although they have 5% FHA type of stuff. It almost becomes impossible with housing inflation to save up that amount of money, especially for younger people who aren't making uh, uh, that much. So not everyone has the timing or the insight or the luck that TJ Martinell has. And so what I would recommend to kind of everybody's audience, and I do want to follow up with Jason on the idea of rental property, whether it is buying rental property, or I would even say something that has no cash flow associated with it, like general land. And what I'm going to recommend is real estate investment trusts, where you have a diversified portfolio of, of, of properties that are also income generating, but managed by uh, uh, another uh, company somehow in there for younger people listening, if you do want to own property in the future, you almost have to start uh, planning for it now in terms of your financial decisions to get some kind of exposure in there. So the money that you're going to use for a down payment or acquiring property in the future uh, is already pre-invested and, and going up. Uh, Jason, because uh, uh, you're the foremost expert on the housing and, and investing here, why, why, out of my own curiosity's sake, why do you, I know you prefer rental income because of the income generating ability, but I, my experience owning rental property, there is a labor cost associated with it. Uh, what, where would you fall on a real estate investment trust where it's just automated and you're just throwing the money and it, it's managed otherwise? Yeah, Aaron, that's, that's a great question. I mean, look, um, we help people 
directly invest. We help people buy properties nationwide in good, sensible markets, and they're direct investors, so they're in control. And one of the things I always talk about is that when you relinquish control to somebody else, some kind of fund manager or wealth advisor or you know real estate investment trust, whatever, you leave yourself susceptible to three major problems. Number one, you might be investing with a crook. We're all, we're all familiar with the corruption on Wall Street. You know, everybody's out for themselves. That's just the way the world works, okay? Uh, number two, you might be investing with an idiot, right? So you'll lose money because of their crookery or their incompetence. But assuming they're honest and competent, uh, whoever's managing the deal, right? Uh, they take a huge management fee off the top for managing that deal, right? And they pay themselves first. Uh, they take all kinds of expenses. They skim that all off the top and the investors get what's left over. I get that when you are a direct investor and you own the rental property directly, you do have some responsibilities, no question, but it really doesn't take that much time. I mean, I've had you know, a couple thousand tenants by now um, and, uh, you know, about 600 and something doors uh, myself. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you can, there's a system to it. You use software, there's tools. Uh, you have an assistant help you depending on how big your portfolio is. It's really not that difficult. I mean, my mother who's, you know, in her eighties has 24 houses and she manages um, 100% herself. And uh, even that is just a part-time job. You know, maybe right. an hour per month per property would be sort of the metric if you don't have an assistant helping mm -hmm. you. And not not to, I'm not I'm not plugging. I'm just promoting yeah. you because it's it's legit. But you you train people. That's your that's your forte. Your yeah. your your expertise. That's you train people how to do that. So if done right, you're you're you are obviously pro personally managing your properties and going into rental properties. Yes. I'm so, more hands off and I'd recommend real estate investment trust. But it, again, it totally depends on your personal situation as well. You have to have the time to do it. Yep. No question. I, I'm just saying it doesn't really take that much time. It does take some time. There's definitely responsibility. Uh, we always say allow one hour per month per property. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you have a portfolio of 10 properties, which is going to make you pretty rich, Okay. Uh, you know, it's 10 hours a month. That, that's kind of the metric. No. Yeah. No, I got a buddy who is on, I think his 12th property now and he is a millionaire yeah. uh, and, and cash flowing as well, which I don't mean to really delve into the details of that here. I do want to get uh, Jack's opinion on this because out of everyone here, Rolo's own property, Jason, you, you own a lot of property. Ryan, you've been a homeowner and all that. Jack, what you're young and pretty represent uh, representative of uh, I, I would say our audience, you know, uh, early 30s, oh, late dear. 20s, uh, you, you know, you you you've been lied to your entire life. <laughs> no one knows what the hell they're doing. You take the red pill, you wake up, and you, it's sad. I feel really bad for you, Jack, but you have to look up to pe to people like me and Rollo for guidance and advice. And it's like, oh, heaven help your generation. What's the mm -hmm. what's the view of home ownership for young men? I mean, is it is it even on the radar? Are you guys like it's not a dream? Kind of kind of help us through the uh, uh, insights on that. It's bad. Like lately, there have been popping up more and more articles about uh, people living in their car, things like that. Now, I know that's a thing in the States, but in the Netherlands, that was just unheard of. That truly was just unheard of. But more and more people are, especially like the younger ones, are like starting to live in their car, things like that. A uh, lot of students or people who want to go to college can't find dorm rooms and <laughs> shit like that. Um, 
other than that, like people finding a new home, there's also this thing going on now in the Netherlands with the energy and gas crisis, which is worldwide, of course, but a lot of people can't stay in their own homes anymore. So that's happening. But there's been a housing shortage for a couple of years now. And as of late, it is just getting worse and worse and worse. And I do house hacking right now, but I've been on a waiting list just for renting for over a year or two, maybe even more than that. Uh, it's just abysmal right now. And housing prices skyrocketing, things like that. It's, yeah. It's- what, so there's a limited supply. I know there's a housing shortage here because we tinker with interest rates. That's a short version. Are there no, not enough contractors? Is it a bunch of uh, Zoomers and millennials that are going to go save the world and no one knows how to wire a house? Uh, did Is there too much government? I mean, why is there such a shortage in the Netherlands? Government incompetency, mostly, in all okay. honesty. If I look at it, uh, mass immigration is a thing as well. Okay. So there's an so, increase in the number of people. Is government tinkering with uh, rules and regulations about where you can build, how much you can build, that kind of thing, because it's not that big of a country. No, it is indeed not that big of a country. It it plays. And then, of course, you've got the uh, more leftist parties bringing up the people who are homeowners are evil. Okay. Dialogue again. So, yeah, that's kind of what's happening now. And I need to research a bit more on the whole what they're doing with the regulations on building houses, because I read this morning that the plan is they want to build 900,000 new homes by 2030. All right. So they'll probably be pods and you need to live in them and then eat the bugs, but who knows? At least people have got a roof over their head. (laughs) I I remember going to Europe and seeing it and noticing how small the new housing was where I'm like, this is just an apartment. Uh, I, I, I don't even I was like, no, I'm being spoiled in the United States. Uh, sociologically speaking, though, what what's the viewpoint of young men over? I mean, is family even? I know family for obvious reasons is not. But is that even thought of by young men out there? Are people just like, that is such a joke. That's such a faraway thing to own my own home and have a family. You're just looking for lodging, whether it's rent or ownership. Well, from people I know, like owning a home is more on the table than getting a family. I'll tell you that much. But that might be, uh, I might be referencing some author I know who wrote a book about numbers and shit like that. And he How, was white. <laughs> yeah. Some, some straight white oh, male. male. So <laughs> yeah. yep. But all right. So, but, you think he's an elf too? <laughs> but there's no. <clears throat> I would also say because of European reasons and economic reasons, on top of the family reasons, there, it's not mm-hmm. even a th- like, when have you looked for homes? Do you know anyone your age looking for like does Watson talk about home ownership? Has that ever oh, yeah, even yeah. been discussed? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. And uh, another friend of mine, although this is a bit of a, a different situation. So a friend of mine just bought a house, but he bought it off his dad. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, that's the way you buy a home these days. It better be in the family. And then another associate of mine, he bought a house like two to three years ago. And that has already skyrocketed in value. But also he had to wait. How long had he been waiting? Five to six years? Something like that before he could finally actually purchase one. So, yeah, 
that's kind of the situation here. Like, it's possible, but you're going to have to wait a goddamn long time. And especially now with the housing market, like, prices are skyrocketing. Although, no, 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 I'm lying. Prices have been going down a bit. A bit. But it's still abysmally high compared to, like, what it was a couple of years ago. And with the family thing, well, in all honesty, like, as we all know, most guys are a bit... uh, naive when it comes to that it's like they want to they would love to and things like that but where are you going to find one Hmm. because i am noticing a bit more awareness in guys about the current situation of dating where it's like yeah you find a girl and she starts talking about all the parties she goes to and i don't know why but i'm just getting weird vibes off of her like they can't put into words what they're feeling. It's like, yeah, mate, you really want me to tell you? It's like, well, she, she's got too much experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, mean, they get turned off by it. I think, a, I think a lot of the, all of these things are connected, right? I mean, if you look at like, say like what happened during the big short, we go from that to the sort of the, um, the, the gig economy. So people are like changing the way they work. We saw that in 2020, of course, when, you know, everybody was working from home all of a sudden and uh, we realized, Hey, I don't act like, I think Cappy brought this up in one of his books. Or I, I remember you saying this, uh, you know, everybody suddenly realized how unnecessary it was to like take that damn commute every morning to get into the office. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so now I think we're sort of rearranging the way that we think about like work. I mean, we're talking about, Oh, hybrid work situation. No, it's a hybrid work. It's like people figured out that they don't have to make that damn commute anymore because it's just as easy to sit there in front of their computer and get the same work done. And I, I think that we're sort of rethinking the way that we do work. We're rethinking the way we do marriage, uh, family, everything else. So like right now, I get I get this all the time. It's like, oh, how do we bring men and women back together again? It's like I always say, hey, we're better together than we are apart, right? We're yeah. innate and natural compliments. Yes, we are. Great. Awesome. How are we going to do that? Well, in tw- in the 21st century, we're going to do it a whole lot different than we did in the 20th century. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so when you look at like what happened between, let's say, the 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 years of the, well, the decades, let's just say from like uh, 2000 to 2010 and then 2010 to 2020, that's a real rapid change for for, you know, people to sort of like re- rethink the way that they're going to do life. Nobody's going to like the, the 1950s nuclear family has been has been, you know, a pipe dream. Really, I think since the mid 90s, we just didn't realize it back then. Um, but uh, for what you know, Jack is saying. Whenever I'm talking to like young ladies who are um, like, say, you know, in, in Robert Kiyosaki's um, uh, you know group, or even not, not even him, just like I just in in general, I have I have them tell me, you know, hey, Rolo, uh, how do I find a man? I'm 36 years old, and you know, I did everything that it, that society told me <laughs> to do. I've got my job, I've got my I've got my career, I've got my business, I've got my education. I'm a I'm a, a an independent woman, and I'm very. She's got her cat too. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very intelligent, and I but but now oh all, like it's it's the Tommy Laren gambit, right? It's like oh all these guys who are like 36 and 38 who are who should be marrying like me at 32 or 30 whatever they only want the the thoughts at you know 24 25 it's like yeah because now they're in a position of sexual selectivity and again that's almost that's kind of a new 
dynamic for like just certainly Western societies right now. So yeah, women get really frustrated with that. But how does all of that, like everything that I've been talking about, really what um, Ryan and 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 John and everybody in part of Rule Zero, anyone in the in the Red Pill has been talking about, how does that uh, you know intersexual dynamics? How does that affect? Uh, the housing market. How does that f- affect the marriage market? Because if people aren't getting married, they ain't getting together to get to go live in a house together. They're not buying a house. Single people tend not to buy homes unless they're going to use them as like investment properties or revenue properties. They're not going to get. They're not going to get invested. So it's almost like when they used. What was it? Uh, what do they call um, uh, like gay couples? Is they're like? Uh, is it a double income? No kids, dinks. Oh, dinks, dinks, yeah. dinks, and dildos. They call, yeah, they call that Ryan Stone, right? But Shut the reason up. why, the reason why, I, I and I know this because I've worked in marketing for so long, is there is a, that's a really lucrative, you know, marketing opportunity because that demographic of people. Uh, you know, have a lot of disposable income. So how do we cater to them? You want to know why in June, everything is a rainbow freaking icon on your iPad or whatever else, you know, that's, that's, that's why, because they want to align themselves with that. But, but here we are now in 2022. And honestly, you have single heterosexual people who are dinks. I mean, that you don't have to be gay to be a dink, right? <laughs> and so now we're trying to sort of figure these things out. So it's not only is it a social, uh, a social dynamic, but it's also like sort of an economic dynamic. And how does that affect the housing market? How does that affect people actually the ownership society? How does that how does that affect like people going, you know what? I don't want to buy a home because I'm not married and I don't have any prospects to get married. I don't know when my, I'm going to have kids. So screw it. I'm just going to rent until I, I find somebody and then maybe we'll have the American dream, which never really comes anymore. Well, do you guys not have the same problem we have with like uh, Chinese money offshoring, like a way of getting it out of the Chinese economy? In local markets, like in Seattle, yeah, a little bit in localized markets, but not that much. Oh, dude, Vancouver is bad. There is so much of it happening that they don't have the population for social services. They have to close down like schools in like major downtown areas because it's all just empty real estate parking money keep it away from the communists so so canada still sucks in other news <laughs> in the big cities yeah uh but to to go off of what rollo says um because i think this is one of the main things i want to point out is traditionally housing was meant to house and be kind of a incubation physical place for families that's where you're supposed to raise families and now that you no longer have families forming um, unless you were going to go ahead and invest the, the uh, like a rental property like Jason does, the nature of housing has changed from that where, okay, I'm planting roots. I'm making an investment. Here's why I'll raise my home. Now it's really more of uh, survival. I don't mean like in a, in a post-apocalyptic shit hits the fan type of environment. I'm just saying for, for the average single person, male or female, now it's like, I just need lodging. And unless you're going to be a, an investor like Jason, that has changed the type of housing that best suits single people or double income, no, because yeah. people with, without family. So what type of housing? Sh- I know it's going to be contingent upon where you are in life, how old you are, your career and all that other stuff. But given marriages at, at minimum, at minimum, fa- families are off the table for half the population. You can now work remotely. There is no 35 years you get your golden watch uh, reliable employment. 
how does this translate into the type of housing we should have young men and any women that get their heads out of ass to listen to this show uh, enough? What type of housing should they kind of be looking uh, towards purchasing and having it being part of their financial planning? Log cabins. Log cabins. <laughs> well, no, someplace you can make as a business. It's like Tiny Lolo with the studio. <laughs> so he doesn't have like a place that loses money. Like he doesn't have to worry about whether the markets do well or not because he makes his money from Rolo Tomasi and the rational mail from here. So it's now an income generating property. It's the same as like, remember dual income where you used to have like apartments up top and below would be like the shop fronts and that. Mm. Mixed use. Yeah. yeah. Mixed use. Yeah. Essentially, you're turning your place into your own, like your own economic unit. Okay, hang on. I got to Do I have to ban people here now? No, it's all right. I, mean, I already uh, banned one. Oh, oh Jack, already, Jack's you know? on. Jack's on the ball. That's fine. You just got like yeah, this draws out, got... especially conversations like this really draw out like trolls. Well, it's not everybody knows show. something about something. They're, they're going to say it's a communist plot. That's why. Whatever. Let, you just get to the part where he tell us it's all the elves. Okay. Just just skip all that crap. <laughs> like the elves. I'm just trying to block different. Whatever people happened to blaming feminists? Why are we on the communist again? <laughs> no, I I've, I like like you and Rolo. I've learned to hate my audience a little bit, if not a lot. I've I've moved now to the point I won't meet. I, now I understand why Rolo was so reluctant to meet me in person because it's like you don't know if they're an autist or something like that. And I'm, I had my last meeting I'm ever going to have unless it's a, a big meetup group uh, with an individual person. Because all the guy did was talk at me for an hour and a half. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm done with this. I'm done with Guess this. I'm not uh, flying over. Okay. get No, I, I know you. Um, all right. Let me uh, re-get my notes <laughs> did you here. Think? We, had to, we had to clean out the uh, uh, thing. Uh, let, let's talk about men who do want a family. What kind of – I think they face kind of a – an interesting uphill battle. Catch, well, catch 22, well, obviously uphill battle. Let's say you're a guy and you do want to have a family. You do want home ownership. You want something more traditional. How do they play it? Are they able to attract a woman? Because every guy well, I've no, seen talks about re- wanting his removing, family. Removing, removing. It's largely, we're not having a conversation about girls no, no, here. No, no, I'm, no, I'm, no. What yeah. I mean is like, how far in the future are they looking? Are they looking like, I want the family and the white picket fence. Meanwhile, forgetting that they have some very obvious flaws to fix. Because I would argue the skills that you need to build yourself enough money to pay for a down payment, to build yourself a girl who wants to sleep with you, will give you those same tools that will help you to make that financial decision. Mm-hmm. So instead of just, for example, you or Rolo telling them what you need to do, showing them how they get to where they can make that decision for themselves, I think face pays far better dividends. Right. Because right. otherwise they don't know why they're making this decision, I, even if know, it is the right decision. And so I, when there's a chance to pivot and make a better decision, they're going to screw it up. I've recently, and, and Jason kind of helped me, helped me realize this. I have recently come to the conclusion that the longer men stay single and the longer women stay single, they have different, like they, they, they diverge. Like I think for women, women tend to like, they, they lower their, I want to say lower their standards, but they, they reprioritize like what, what will be acceptable as their sexual market value decays. Right. So it's like they get less and less picky. And I think that if men play their you know cards, right. And they may maximize their potential, they become more and more picky. Like I, I did all this shit. Like right? I, I have all this you know, capital. I have all this, you know, um, I, I, I did the work. I busted my ass. I'm not going to, settle down with you know some ratchet girl who's been like run through i mean that that's always the that's always the thing so i think that the longer 
men who like are on top of their game stay single they become more and more picky whereas like women become less and less picky the more that they the longer that they stay single Mm. Rolo, Rolo, that's such a good point. You know, of course, I mean, you're you're the guy that taught us all the alpha fucks, beta bucks, right? Which is such, such a good uh, metaphor for it. Um, but uh, that, yeah, that's true. And they they diverge more and more. And uh, I love that piece you did on the Andrew Tate interview. Uh, that's, I think, a big part of the reason they diverge more and more, uh, you know, is is that you just can't find one that hasn't had so much experience. Right? Mm -hmm. and, well, and, it's it's not only the experience, it's also a bit of how do I phrase that? Investment. No, not no, no not per se that, but it's so let me let me It'll phrase work. it like this. We have a manosphere where we teach guys to like be social and like this is how you interact with people. This is, you know, a bit of social game, social dynamics. Sorry about that. And then you go on a date and it's like you can have a more decent conversation with a wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's like like okay, so happy times with a consumer sort of say it's like they don't really have an, their own thought or whatever it's like you know they watch the news they they binge watch the thing on netflix that's been recommended but to have an actual genuine conversation about things and i know this sounds very gay apologies like is she hot okay we got that part yes she's hot but then like you got that thing and it's like try to have a conversation or whatever but you're finding out that you're the one who needs to drag everything to get something out of it you know what i'm yeah. saying mm -hmm. it's yeah, like it's that well honestly jack and i know your example is not the best version of this but it's kind apologies. of apologies <laughs> guys need their girl to be their everything which they're not designed for that they're designed to be their girls and so because we don't have guy friends anymore we don't have like the shriners clubs because they let women into it now there's no guy spaces so before you used to have like a priest, you could talk about this stuff, a dad and brothers, you could talk about relationships, drinking buddies, you could go out with, maybe get your, your you know, I want to do good for the community. You're part of the Shriners. All those places are gone. And I notice increasingly guys are putting all of those roles onto a wee little girl that just watches the Dahmer documentary and just wants to be lighthearted and fun. So I, I find for this, a lot of guys end up building these unrealistic expectations because it's a role not only does a girl not want it but she's not capable of it and you lose the part of her that creates that sexual attraction that builds the polarity as rollo calls it by trying to make her your everything and if anything i find it builds a lot of resentment in relationships like you've heard the story of the girls that think of their husbands like the like dependents right or mm. what does rich cooper always say if you treat her like a celebrity she treats you like a fan yep mm. Yeah, so I don't know I, I how that lays into the housing market. I can't really say. I'm hoping somebody has something eloquent they can add on to my ramblings here. No, but so. I know let what me, you let mean, me, Ryan. Let me, yeah. let me just I'll, – I'll add this because I think Rolla was on to something. Uh, it's largely going to be older men. By older, I mean 30-plus uh, because if you guys do what's right, you do what you were told, and you follow the advice, more modern advice, not what your boomer parents told you, which is horrible advice, but – you did pay for your house. You did buy property early. You paid it off early or you uh, leveraged it in a rental property. You have your engineering degree. You have your career in your profession. What that is, is work. 
that is that is the galvanization process <clears throat> from being a young adult, an 18-year-old adult child to a self-supporting and what I forecast will be an increasing amount of very successful men and women. And so you go through this hard process of studying for engineering, not going to the parties. You do this, you work, you pay up, you have fiscal responsibility. You are a responsible adult. And then as you get older, uh, because women are, frankly, I'll be perfect. You're, you're not held to the real world because men will bail you out because they, they want to get laid. It's just, it, it's just true. And so you got life on easy mode. Obviously, you have all the major institutions in Western civilization giving women preferential treatment, putting it on easy mode. And, and where that might be good on paper for girls to get a career and a profession and maybe make more money, that does not make them responsible. It just perpetuates childhood where you have a constant bailout and a helping hand and a, a daddy uh, warbucks in a sense to, to assist everything uh, with mm -hmm. you. So then when guys all of a sudden you start becoming that silver haired devil, maybe not even silver haired, you know, you're just a solid 35, 36 year old guy who put in the work. And is acutely aware because they had no support. They had no sugar daddy. They had no daddy warbucks. You know what a budget is. And I, I always get a kick out of people who are shocked that I charge my girlfriend rent. It's like, oh, F, no. No, I'm not giving free housing. I'm not doing that. And so what ends up happening is like Rolo said, you get further and further away Who's the real top G? Think, <laughs> right. You think they're amazing. And here's this guy. And yes, men at that point start to develop self-respect unless the, the pussy is so good and they're so desperate. <clears throat> but these guys are like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. I am a maybe not a multimillionaire or something, but I have a million in the bank. I have a lot of clients like this. I'm 35, 36. I got a million in the bank or at least net worth. I have my condo paid off. I'm an engineer making a quarter million a year. And these girls come in with other men's kids, not to go back to the single mom trope, but you see it and she has debt and she doesn't have her own place. She has crap in her car. Da, 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 da. So, well, yes, men do become more picky if you've gone through that trials and tribulations of becoming a man, owning your own home. And that have standards. It, yeah, and, forbid. right. Right. Your standards, if for any other reason, you know what it takes to survive. And now now introducing a woman into your life is you immediately assess that perhaps even have the vision to see that it's a financial risk, if not a legal risk to, to bring women in. And as Rolls said, as time goes on, this further splits men and women apart. So it then does have an effect on the type of housing you have. Uh, well, what's the problem then? It sounds good. You're having higher standards. You're more selective. And so you go longer without a girl you want to settle down with. Like that's yeah, what I did. I don't see a problem with it. That's kind of what I meant with like, um, so Ryan, you're right. There are guys who are looking for a guy friend in their girl. That's not precisely what I meant, but it's like you talk to them and you bring like your success to the table. And then you talk to them and you find out they went the route that they were told where it's like, yeah, I have the student debt, but you know what? I have a career right now. Yeah. In what? Like some useless garbage trope or area. What they also bring is indeed what all of that cost. And then it's like, do I really want to invest in this? Do I really want to like even find out if she is the girl I could have even a semi good time with or whatever when she has all this baggage and not even talking about the kids or whatever? Yeah, well, you got standards <laughs> now. Here's the thing. You yeah. got that 100000 in debt. You got the great job in banking. Well, once you pay off the debt, we'll talk about moving in. Imagine that. Imagine telling that to a girl. 
and how mad oh, they get. You, 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 oh, they yeah, get very they get mad. I'll just like you know. Get mad, mad. But here's the point, right? Their feet, they're they're filtering themselves out for you. And everybody, I don't know what it is, but when it comes to rejecting a girl, everybody has this visceral reaction against it. Like even us, when mm. we're talking, it's about how do I get girls to change so I don't have to reject them for being useless? And being I would say, fuck them. Yeah, they well, are. Dude, <laughs> out of all the girls I've slept with over my whole life, I can think of maybe two. One that I got into a relationship with, one I could see like, yeah, maybe I could have been her if it wasn't this one. That's it. Hmm. So the odds, and that's that was like in the 2000s. The game has changed, bro. I'm sure girls no. are much worse at it now. Jason, well, go well, ahead. You had, you had something. One of, the, one of the things about what you said, it's really interesting, is that if that girl is relatively attractive and she's got an Instagram profile, which is a constant dating funnel that is always open. even <laughs> Dating when funnel, I love that. Yeah, it's a, it's a dating <laughs> funnel. Um, and, uh, you know, she's just going to have other opportunities. So she's just going to go to, and, and they're always working leads, right? They're always just <laughs> having rapport with like other men out there. I'm not saying that they're cheating. Maybe they are, but you know, maybe they're not. They're just <laughs> nurturing leads, right? And all, all an attractive woman has to do to nurture leads is have an Instagram profile that looks good and just like, and comment on other high value men's profiles, and they'll get noticed. The guy will, you know, say, oh, who's this? I'm going to click on her profile and they'll start following each other. And then as soon oh, as you reject her, she's just going to be able to jump to that guy. Right. It does not work the same way for guys. It works that way for women, though. Uh, we have. Uh, oh, God. In the house here. here we go. I'm sorry. Here we go. The champ is here. Well, I figured we were talking about money. So you need me here. <laughs> You're right, Ryan. All he does is brag about himself. How well? <laughs> Hello, John. How great are you today? Fantastic, as usual. Uh, just making money, making muscles, learning game, holding frame. It's called having a self-esteem. You know, I know, I know Ryan doesn't have much to be proud of because he's Canadian, but <laughs> hey, I'm living the dream over here. <laughs> well, I'm glad you joined. Uh, here's, here's the question uh, – so you have accepted the wait. Truth. Hold it. Is that going to happen every time someone we get a throw off? Yeah, take that off. So yeah, I'll turn it off. All right. <laughs> uh, well, here's the problem that we kind of face. Uh, I know it's the He Man Woman Haters Club over here, but there are some men who do want to have women in their life. Roller, you're married. Ryan, you got a girlfriend. I have a girlfriend. Jack, you're we joke about your homosexual desires, but we know you're straight. And Jason, you I wish, that part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, no, and no, I just, don't. Let me, Aaron, let me just state for the record sure. I completely That's want to have a wife and kids and all that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there, and I think that that would be said for most men. Even John would probably like to settle down. I think John explained it best where. He'd like to have a wife and some kids and a little girl who knows how to keep quiet on the side. I think that's kind of every guy's modern day American dream. But that. that in in that dream, in that goal is cohabitation. Mm -hmm. And thus you'd have to have a house or a domicile of some kind. How do men navigate this risk? And especially if in other words, and I have my own opinion and my own strategy uh, for young men out there to have exposure to real estate and pull this off. I'm kind of curious as to what you guys would say. Okay, well, how do you get exposure to real estate that still is flexible with your career, adjusting for your uh, pursuits and remote work and being able to pursue economic opportunities, but then also be able that if you find the right girl, you find your unicorn, that you could go ahead and have a home that could support a family 
and then could also serve maybe perhaps as as your you know retirement home. Any any ideas on how to thread that needle? I mean, why would it be a problem? Like just what are you worried about? Like getting I, I would say first things first, make sure everything's legally in your name and your name only. All right. Like getting the title with you and your wife's name on it, no. Having her on the lease, no. Joint bank accounts, clearly no. Joint credit card accounts, no, not at all. Like, you know, that that's how I have everything set up right now. And that's how I have I intend to have it set up in the future. Right. Because, you know, let's be honest, dude. I mean, look at all the data that is clearly available. Women are pretty fucking bad with money. It Men it's are- a well in divorce, it's a horrible rate. I mean, it's, it's we're not talking, do I get ice do I get chocolate ice cream or strawberry? It's half my assets are at risk. And potentially a, a, an annuity that you pay out every month uh, to an ex. So this is serious stuff. So you're saying having separate finances, everything separate, no, no, no name yeah. on the mortgage, nothing like you. Then that's why it goes back to this problem. I, I think this is a, a problem a lot of men don't have because a lot of men just don't have women in general. Correct. But you know, if you are going to go down that path, um, I, I got to say, guys, like. I, the more I do coaching, the more I realize just how the average dude is just like at a default, just completely fucked. Like these guys are not going to figure it out. But you, we're, we're exceptional. We figure it out. And it seems like common sense to us. Like, you know, when you and Rolo came to my lectures, when I was teaching all these guys, what you guys believe to be common sense, it's common sense for you. It's not common sense for the average guy. But yeah, man, I mean, the, the deck is stacked against, stacked against these people. And I think. I, I under like why do you believe home ownership is so important, Cappy? Aren't you like uh, like vehemently against property taxes? And- no, no, no. It's it's the the only reason because what we're what we're facing every young man faces. Admittedly, the average person is not going to put the effort and the work in, <clears throat> but a problem every person faces, men in particular, is you have to live somewhere. Real estate or or lodging is your number one expense. Also, I'd say, especially today, real estate should play a role in your overall investment portfolio. Whether you're living in it or not, real estate is an asset class that should be owned, just like cryptocurrency, precious metals, not to mention you know, your boring old 401k retirement plan. So there has to be some kind of investment made into real estate, which also has the upside potential of lodging you. And then also, as Jason points out, providing uh, rental income. Yeah. But- this runs concurrent with every man's biological genetic programming to want to have a woman in his life. <clears throat> and I think we're all universally agreed upon that you do not get married, but that now we have to, we have to, again, threading this needle. All right. I own property. I did what Cappy said. I found a girl. Okay. Well, how do I protect myself? And this large, usually your real estate is your, your largest single asset. How do I protect myself? against the risks that come with cohabitation. So there's not marriage, but what you obviously, okay, you negate common law marriage by not living in a common law state. Okay, we get a prenup. That doesn't mean anything, yet that can be thrown out. You can have separate finances. That also doesn't do anything like that. So let me me ask Jason about this because maybe you've ran into it. Is there something like where you could throw your property into a trust? where that you rent it to yourself. Have you had any exposure uh, with that, Jason? Uh, That's a great question, Aaron. And those are some good points. Obviously, I'm not an attorney and I can't give legal advice. But yeah, there are things you can do. And, you know, of course, consider what state you live in or what country, what jurisdiction, because whether you're in a community property state or not, that's an issue. Uh, Also, uh, even if you... uh, 
you know, don't marry and you have prenuptial agreements and all that kind of stuff, if you pay for the cost of running that house out of uh, community money, which is really easy to do over the course of years, you know, to pay for something, uh, it can become community property. So uh, even though you owned it yourself and, you know, she's not on title and so forth. So these are very complicated issues. We know that the courts are 100% in favor of women and 100% against men. So um, it's a high risk activity. And it's so sad because, I mean, you know, I always just wanted to get married and have kids and do the normal thing that, you know, seems completely natural. Right. But uh, the, the system is just so stacked against us. Uh, so um, we've just got to be smart. Uh, and if if you've all you've all probably read the book Men on Strike, which, by the way, was written by a woman. Dr. Uh, Helen Smith. Yep. Yeah, that's a great book. And it, it just it's just a sad state of affairs that the MGTOW movement came about and all of that stuff. Um, this is the backlash against uh, radical feminism. It's the backlash against all of this, uh, this whole system. Uh, and it's it's an unfortunate state of affairs. It's bad for society. It's not a good thing. It's Jason. What I love them, we even have to have this conversation. You know, it's it, just it is sad, but I get a kick out of it because you're like, all I wanted was a family and kids, and all yeah. I got is this lousy money. And you're like Woody Harrelson crying and wiping away his tears with hundred dollar bills. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. You're right, but, but no, you are you are right because at the end, we're all gonna die. We're and I've I've even forecasted it that there's a generation of bachelors who's gonna have multiple trillions of dollars of yeah. estates that are gonna go to like probably need or nephews or something like that and yeah it would be nice to have because that's what guys generally want and so i i think there's a way to probably have that if you have you know hire a lawyer get into trust and i i'm not an expert that's why i'm glad you were on jason because i figured you may have, have crossed paths with this or, or seen a little bit of it uh, but i think it it has to uh, unfortunately there's, there's two components to this one what do you do in the meantime until you find your unicorn, assuming that sometime down the road? And then what do you do with your property estate once you do get married? <clears throat> and the best I've come up with, especially for young people, let's take Jack as an example. Let's say a, a young 30-something, late 20-something man. Okay, you've saved up a little bit of money. Um, now I want to go and, and get into property. Well, there's no reason for you to buy a McMansion. Can we all agree on that? That the McMansion <laughs> is probably the dumbest freaking idea right but now. But I single want person. one. Except, except if you want to have parties and uh, live a big lifestyle, the McMansion can be handy for parties. And you can probably for rent your social it. life. Yeah, you can rent yeah. an Airbnb and trash it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. But let's say okay. It's so house parties. Ask me how I know. So you should probably have some property. And then down the road, have it be flexible enough that you could end up having a home with a wife on it. Now, I'm not an expert on the on the trust, but what I've what I've been recommending is that this is why it's so important that people do reconnaissance is that you go out and find out where you want to live. A lot of these guys are juggling this decision. I got a career. They want me to move here, but I really want to live in Texas. And what I've been recommending for a while now is that you go. You have to. The number one thing of figuring out what type of house you get is to figure out where you want it to be. And that's sometimes a years long process. So figure out where you want to live <clears throat> and then buy the land in the area, multiple acres, which you should be able to afford, or at least, you know, it's not a home. The land is probably the cheapest part, depending on how big the house is. And then at some point in time, you would actually put some kind of structure 
or living quarters on there. Until the point in time that you get married, you just need lodging. So, and I think we kind of see this in, in the um, in the popularity, rise of popularity of van life. A lot of people are just put like a Joker. I don't know if you guys know Joker from Better Bachelor. He just has his, his bus. Uh, you put some kind of temporary cheap living structure on it. You live there. I would say even maybe go so far as to put the bachelor hut on there, which you can get these. Um, Home Depot has these sheds that could be converted into living quarters, like a one-bedroom house. You drill a well. You get your solar panels, whatever it is, and there you go. Now you got your home that you can live in. And if a girl happens to come along and prove herself, now you have the acreage that you could parcel off and build a slightly, slightly larger home, not a McMansion, a slightly larger home. And you, you could uh, have it do that. Now, I don't have the knowledge on the legal protections of that. But as far as I've come across, my thinking takes me, that's about the best that a young man can do right now. Otherwise, I would think, Ryan, I'd be curious about your opinions on this, about having a, uh, a condo or some kind of small. You're, you're aiming just for living quarters until you build up the equity to maybe actually go a house, uh, build an actual family home. That sound practical enough to you guys? Yeah, honestly, the condo is the way to go. I really look, I don't like working that extra work that I spend in my backyard at a house. I would much rather spend that enjoying my life or if you want to build a family, whatever. Condos can come pretty big. There's two bedroom ones. You can have kids living there. Everything is walking distance. You're healthier. You don't have to drive like you're in the suburbs. If you're going rural, yeah, grab a house then because the land is dirt cheap, but... I just find it's all about really have to design your life around what is it you're trying to do. In my case, I'm doing the big personality stuff in Toronto. It's a good place to be if you're doing social media work. My girl, she works corporate. She earns good money. She has to do it here too. So this living is perfect for us. If we decided to retire and get off the grid, we're not moving to a McMansion in the suburbs. We're moving somewhere rural doing the stuff like you said there. But even then, I find the problem with owning bigger like a bigger house means you have to fill it with more shit and then you buy things you otherwise wouldn't need. So you really got to like find out what you want out of life. And I think you have to go without to learn what's important and you'll find it's a lot less than you think. You do start accumulating a lot of shit when you move into a larger place by default. I hate that. Yeah, And that's the one thing that was nice about like Rolo talking about being nomadic (laughs) is that when you're moving every year, you don't bring a lot of dumb shit with you. So it makes you very efficient with what you actually like and need in life. I will say this, though. I had some points in the chat for guys. If you're all worried about the divorce rape thing. So when my girl first moved in with me, when I was living in Vancouver Island, it was my place. You aren't paying rent. And everybody's like, why aren't you making her pay half? I'm like, no, she can pay everything else. But I don't want any legal financial trail to show she put a dollar towards this mortgage. You know, worst case scenario. Worked out great. She paid all the bills. She paid the, the food, whatever. When we moved together to our place in Montreal, she puts in half. And you can always have those. I know there's a lot of guys have those conversations. Well, you're earning 50% more than her. So you should be. No, no, no. It's half. If you guys can't afford something at half, then you then you downgrade your lifestyle expectations. Don't I'm do so this proud of you, Ryan. I, I'm so highly impressed right now. I never thought. I'd be that's G. Yeah. Honestly, and it's great because like my girl was great about this, but there's a lot of girls that aren't. And so when they have to understand that, oh, I have to pay half for this lifestyle. Then you can find out who they really are. And the good ones will be like, you know what? I love you enough. I would rather live in a thousand square foot condo than a 2000 square foot place because that's all I can afford. And you're like, you're that's awesome. There. You're preaching. Yeah, that's uh, how do you put it, Rolo? Broken glass will follow an alpha male to the ends of the earth, whatever. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I mean, from genuine desire uh, perspective, I have um, I got a question yeah, for. Why not use it? Oh, sorry. I'll, last point, and I'll, I'll, I'll hand it no, off. Go ahead, go ahead. Divorce rape and losing half your shit ain't so bad if you only paid for half of it. And I'll leave you with that thought. <laughs> I, I got a question for Jay um, because like right now, as I was saying before, we've kind of like transitioned from the ownership society to the renters society. And we see that I think in the housing market. And a lot of that I think is the result of a societal shift, right? Uh, I quote this often enough that I think maybe I'll, I'll just requote it again. I know Cappy's quoted, quoted this several times and it seems like everybody and their mother just has decided to make some YouTube short about it. But Back in 2018, uh, Morgan Stanley had a had a, a very comprehensive uh, blog post called uh, "The Rise of the She Economy," and I think they did some sort of YouTube series about it as well. Uh, and then, of course, the the there's a by the way, there's other data in that. It's not just the one I'm about to quote, which of course is the one everybody else quotes. Is that by 2030, uh, women b- between the ages of 25 and 44, which is the prime working demographic, uh, will uh, was it 42 percent? I got it now. 42 percent of women by 2030 will be single and childless in that demographic so if morgan stanley was forecasting this back in 2018 where are we at with it right now with respect to the housing market because i i think it's probably no no great secret that a lot of people are buying up houses that the, the housing market is still at least here in reno still pretty hot and they are still building a lot of new homes out here. But if you go and you look at the average home price in, well, just where I'm at, like Reno, Nevada, it's right around five fifty, almost six hundred thousand dollars for the average home in Reno, like for a new, you know, even a new build, right? And then you go and you look at the average income for a couple and or a, a single person like even if you're a couple you're making just under $60,000 so it follows that the people who are living here are not actually owning the houses that are being built right now they are being snapped up and uh, i'm seeing signs right now for new builds saying soon to rent they're not soon to buy right. it's soon to rent they're building these properties with the expectation that people will not own them in in Reno because the socioeconomic the economic situation here will not permit the average person to actually buy one of those homes that you know over half a million dollars because they're not making enough money to do that even as a couple. So yeah. you take that into consideration. And I also want to point this out as well: is people in my situation, I also take care of my mother-in-law. And so we we used to have a next gen house where it was like, you know, sort of this, you know, downstairs uh, unit where she could, you know, she basically was self-sufficient down there. We've we've pretty much uh, done the same thing here in the new place. But then you've got elderly parents or elderly, you know, you've got you've got uh, aging parents that you're taking care of. It's in some cases, it's in most cases, it's cheaper to put 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 your aging parents in your house than it is to put them in assisted living because it's bloody expensive. Ask me how I know everywhere else in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying right <laughs> here now is so my question for Jason is like, do you like we see um, BlackRock? Is it BlackRock? That's yeah. that's yeah, BlackRock, up. right? So the rise in this, do you, uh, Jay, do you see a connection between the social situation in industrialized Western nations um, where we're this transition to um, 
to a renter society, do you think that that is, or did, in some way, do you think that that is like related to the fact that men and women are simply not coming together and forming families anymore? Yeah, no, Rolo, you made some great points there. And there are a lot of uh, layers that we can peel back on this onion. Uh, certainly the build to rent uh, trend is a giant trend uh, around the country. Uh, and, um, you know, you, you talked about the income in Reno versus the house prices. You're definitely right on about that. However, the one thing you didn't say is that a lot of people are just simply trading equities, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what their income is as much because they're just trading the equity from one house to another house, right? And so they come in with large chunks of equity to put down on those properties uh, because they sold another property and maybe it was even in California. So they're not really buying based on income to price ratios as much as one might think. Um, and then, of course, the, the American Homes for Rent, uh, Invitation Homes, the BlackRock, the, all the corporate buyers are turning this into a renter society. But interestingly, I have maintained for about 12 years now that um, we shouldn't have such a high homeownership rate. I believe the natural homeownership rate, given the kind of world we live in now, should be about 50 to 55 percent, not 63 percent, or it got as high as during the Bush era, 69 percent, I believe. Uh, Why is it a bad thing? It, it's a bad thing because um, it, it takes away that thing I said earlier. The best thing you can have on a resume is mobility. Uh, they did a very interesting study. Uh, about how unemployment rates were actually higher in areas where people had, where there was a high homeownership rate because it kept people uh, stagnant and didn't allow them to easily go to where the jobs were. Now, admittedly, a lot more is remote work nowadays, but a lot of people still show up for a job too. Uh, and it's just good to have that flexibility. Again, buy rental property, but if you're a single guy, rent your house most of the time that's going to be the best thing for you so you just have that flexibility yeah i was just gonna say that i would never advise any person to buy a house unless you bought it like for a steal like one of those government auctions where they auction off stuff <laughs> you know what i'm talking about like when you possess stuff you can like get a house for like 50 grand or if it's like a foreclosure or if it's cash flowing if it's a cash that's my number one thing to do for when i'm getting into real estate if it is cash flowing, I'm buying it. If it's not cash flowing, why take on the stress? You know, makes no sense. Uh, Jason, let me ask you another question, um, especially because the housing market is downstream from demographics. I'm kind of curious what your opinions are and anybody else that would have one. If we're all going into our respective corners, we're not fa forming families. It's going to be, you know, girls are living in condos downtown where all the action is. Men are grabbing their guns and their solar panels and going out in, in trailers and um, going out to, to Texas. Have you seen anything where I'm surprised I, I have a buddy who lives in a prestigious suburb of Denver. Are, are we going to see the McMansions just kind of go away? Because of the lack of, because that, that's the only, the suburbs are about the, the, especially the more modern suburbs. They're the only ones that where there be families. I'm actually surprised that there is construction happening in these suburbs, or is there such a shortage of housing, nationally speaking, that pretty much every type of housing is going to, is in, in short and, and being built 
But are we going to start to see kind of a more of a donut type of uh, uh, socio-demographic layout that you have in European cities where the, the cities are actually kind of nice, the suburbs are bad, and then there's I'm, – I'm just wondering, are we seeing the death of the McMansion as, as people go to the respective corners? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Well, uh, first of all, um, you know, there's a high concentration of wealth, right? So um, there are a lot of people who are very rich nowadays. And, you know, this concentration is happening, uh, both moving the middle class down the socioeconomic ladder. And, you know, the rich are just getting richer and richer and richer, right? Uh, because of the Cantillon effect. But, um, and by the way, someone asked if I have a YouTube channel. Yes, of course I do. Jason, I, I guess I sound like Jordan Peterson. Everybody keeps commenting on that. Wow, you do. you do! Holy cow! cow. I thought you guys already Peterson of real estate. I'll tell you that right now. Guys, I got it. Just like Jordan Peterson. I don't believe that, but everybody says it, man. Before you get, I don't have the accent. It's just a bit of the inflection. That's all. Jason, I'm going to have you on, but we're not going to have your video. We're just going to have audio, and I'm going to have you like we're going to totally spoof Jordan Peterson over here. I continue. I'm sorry, Jason. Go ahead. No problem. No problem. But yeah, that's an interesting point, Aaron. And um, yeah, guys do tend to be more interested in having like a traditional house where, you know, the women are definitely going to skew toward condos for security and so forth. Uh, so so that's an interesting point. And now it makes the divide even bigger because those two don't run into each other. Right. So there's mm -hmm. less chance of meeting and less chance of dating and mating, of course, uh, when you when you have that. Uh, so it's an interesting thing. But look, the McMansions are already there. They already exist. They're too valuable to tear down. So they're going to continue. Some of them will have reuses. I saw one comment about, you know, alternate uses of McMansions. A lot of them turn into just Airbnb properties and they're not actually homes. Um, you know, there there are some alternate uses. But uh, with, with the concentration of wealth to the elites, uh, McMansions are going to be around for a while, I think. Okay, hey, I got I got some stats for you right quick. The average uh, home price in the United States is five hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. That's the average home price. The median income in twenty twenty two. The median income is forty four thousand two hundred and twenty five dollars. <laughs> it's uh, the average personal income in the U.S. is sixty three thousand two hundred and fourteen dollars, and the average. Household incomes, meaning like two, two, two incomes, is $87,864 now. So because I saw people saying, oh, well, that's just you know, the inflated market in, in Reno or the inflated market here and there. No, dude, it is all over this country. That I mean, pretty much reflective of everything. All I just over the said. world. So yeah. it's not just it's not just localized. It's like oh, go find a or go go move to uh, oh, I don't know where where is it cheap to to live right now? Kentucky, you know, Paducah, Kentucky. Okay, fine, you could say that. But average on the on average, five hundred and twenty five thousand dollars is what you're going to pay for a home, and you're only making mm, what maybe fifty thousand. Let's round it off, fifty thousand dollars a year. It's almost as if the people who voted to get free money and money printer go burr are just giving it back. In the form of rent. It, I don't know. I'm no economist, but it just seems like the money's just going to be given back. I, well, that's that's what Jason was saying. It's the the what is it? The best asset class in in history? Is that what that is that well, and, and, the most yeah, and, and largely, proven asset class in yeah. the world? And largely because you got to you got to rent. And you got to live somewhere. I mean, I know everyone thought fine. You got your stimmy checks. Okay, you got your print off. Oh, you got your student loan bailout. Okay, now tuition's more expensive. Housing is more expensive gallon of gas, gallon of milk. I, I'm not going to go into 
because you can't convince the stupid people or the ignorant people like how they're just shooting themselves in the foot for free stuff. But um, I I don't know when you said it was five hundred thousand, then the average person only makes forty. I'm like, good, good. Well, yes. Clary, it's not the yes, worst thing like, yes. like what's inflation right now? Double digits. Yeah, Double it's digits. great. So you know what's great during periods of high inflation? Taking on debt because inflation is good just debt, yeah. the way debt. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I'm at 2.6% on my mortgage, and I'm like, there's no way. Normally, I pay off my mortgage early and fast, but this time, nope. Oh, nope. yeah. Can, guys, oh, yeah, dude. Can, can, I, can I chime in on that one? Please, please, absolutely. So 18 years ago, when I started working with just investors, I created and trademarked a strategy I call inflation-induced debt destruction, and it is the hidden wealth creator in income property. Aaron, even if your interest rate was higher you shouldn't pay your mortgages off, man. Uh, those mortgages are assets. They are assets. And think about how, you know, look, they, the government tells us the real inflation rate now as of the latest numbers is just under 10%, right? But we know the consumer price index is a total manipulated lie. It's mm-hmm. a scam. The real inflation rate, in my opinion, is about 17%. And so if you're borrowing even at 6% or 7%, which historically isn't even that high, right? But it's high compared to two years ago. Um, You know, you're getting paid 10% to borrow that money or 11%. You're getting paid to borrow. That is inflation. As long as it's an appreciating asset, that's all it needs. No, not even that. Sorry, I I guess break even. Well, Well, just think about this for a second. You borrow the money priced in today's dollars yet you pay it back in tomorrow's dollars. And I have all kinds of like illustrations on the exact math on this, how it happened in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Um, you know, if I was sharing my screen, I could go through numbers with you galore. Um, it, it, the property doesn't have to appreciate. It's better if it does, of course, of course. But um, you're still paying that debt back in cheaper dollars and you get paid to borrow money. It's an incredible strategy. The only other person that I've heard really, really uh, dive into that is billionaire Sam Zell, who owns several real estate investment trusts. And um, and he talks about that. He doesn't call it inflation-induced debt destruction like I do, but uh, it is an incredible strategy, guys. It's just incredible. Jason, I find it, because um, you're a single guy, you're in Florida, you know, and, and it, how do you not have women lined up banging at your door when you talk about inflation yeah. and debt, debt destruction. I mean, they have got to be dripping wet when you take them on a date and talk about yeah, uh, you know, You bring uh, out your charts to cinch the deal to get let, these girls to go home Let with me you. tell you, Aaron, um, monetary policy is not good date conversation. <laughs> I, I don't have any game, man. No game. <laughs> no. Uh, let's go through these super chats real quick because I do uh, appreciate people who Hatton Clogs for five bucks. Operation C Bueno is going well, Cappy. Hi, guys. Hi, uh, Hatton Clogs. Scrolling dead. Vlad Elkins. You could tune into the Elkins Accounting Hour with Chad Elkins uh, for two bucks moving in with a gal who already home, owns a home. Yes or no? No. And I know which one you're talking about, Chad. No. Don't care who she is. Chad. Don't, do not <laughs> move in. Don't move in. Look, let me let me tell you because Chad and I know someone in common, and I think this is the pinnacle. This is what every guy should be aiming for. Um, this guy was married. She left him because her girlfriends convinced her that she could do better. Not came groveling back. He says, "No, you're my girlfriend. We can have sex, but no separate residences." Um, and he's like, he's flying all around, and then but now he's got his ex wife is now his main plate. 
There was another client I had. He's down in Vegas. He divorced his wife. She sobered up and groveling back. No, but there's a there's a house a couple streets down from where I am, and you can go live there. And we can and I'm I'm being deadly serious when I say that. I think that is now the pinnacle form. That is what every guy should be uh, aiming for, unless you're going to have kids is you do not even cohabitate. And it has absolutely nothing to do uh, necessarily with women dynamics. I think it's more like why have a roommate when you don't need one? Uh, I think that's the best thing. It's like, nope, you're you're over there, your house, your stuff, you do your thing, I'm over here. And if we ever decide to have kids now, that opens up a whole other uh, 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 Pandora's box. But I think uh, definitely having separate even if you're in a committed relationship it's like nope that's your place this is my place uh it solves just a ton of problems uh continuing on digi nomad two canadian bucks marriage <clears throat> like the time someone uh destroyed cappy's toilet yes that is that is <laughs> i got a picture of that uh and it hangs above the toilet in my house uh noah costa two bucks i like the rachel maddow look cappy thank you noah Hat and clogs, two bucks. All hail our robot dog overlords. Oh, man. I still don't know what that's about. Well, Ryan and Rolo have pet rats that are long dogs. They look yes. like dogs. They're just big, giant rats. Those are called, never mind, greyhounds. Yeah. Those are greyhounds. Yeah. And I get to see uh, the dog of no real value here in about a month. Yeah. Michael, see you, Matsu, 10 bucks. Speaking of digital nomads, thanks, Cappy, for having Seth Himes on your channel. Absolutely, indemandcareer.com. I'm almost 100% remote because of his digital marketing course. <clears throat> Message me if anyone needs a website built as advertised. Uh, Makhalt, 10 bucks. Skull, Cappy. Missy says, oh, it's Thor. That's right. Thor, yeah, Red Pill Thor. Um, hey Thor, what's up? Yeah, give Missy a nice hug for us all. Uh, and if you guys are looking to donate money for someone who needs it, just search Thor Missy. Uh, GoFundMe because they have some medical bills because Missy unfortunately got in a horrific accident, but she's kind of okay now. But obviously, could use all the help she could get. This would be great. Uh, Frank Munafo the third, five bucks. Contempt for the audience. That's what killed Dennis Day. Who's Dennis Day? No idea. That, that's why he's killed. <laughs> I've had the yeah, nobody experience. says to have contempt. Just a little bit of hate. You don't want to pander. That's the problem. Yeah, I don't. Missing. I, I'm I'm okay with hating on the. I'm being a little bit of an abusive host. Rusty fuel, ten bucks. Are we expecting a female to act like an adult? No, we're demanding. Especially if we're going to put nearly our life savings and net worth on it. Demand. Uh, and, don't come at. Well, I just I don't know. It's like they say it's like I take you at your word. I, I, I'm the least discriminatory person. Women say this. You want that? All right. Here you go. You're an adult. You're going to get it. Oh, you're charging her rent. Yes. Sam, whiskey, five bucks. A man cave is a debtor's prison. Make sure you own all the house. Ryan Langston, 20 generous dollars. So I have 13 acres, some of it farming and woods in the country in Ohio. Veteran get 90 percent disability. Grew up as a farmer at age 32. Only thing I maybe screwed up. Is on two kids with the GF, but I love my kids and be the best dad possible. Well, I, you're doing better than most other people. Uh, <clears throat> bear with me, guys. This way I don't I'll have like a clean slate, no guilt, no nothing. 
Otherwise, no. change the camera, Cappy. That might be an idea as well. Camera, what me? Mass mode. Yeah, there. There you go. Right. They don't. They don't like uh, Jordan Peterson the second up there. <laughs> uh, Red Hammerhead, five bucks, twenty nine attorney, four kids, great wife, hundred thousand year expenses eat up all my income. But in my location, long term, want to own a house. How do I do that? Uh, you don't. I think you get by with less. Unless you either make more money or, I mean, you could hopefully wait for the housing prices to come down with higher interest rates. Here's here's a solution a lot of people don't understand. There is not the solution you want and you will suffer. There's your solution. You will do without. You will. Well, I wonder you, why he was vague with expenses. Because like an M, a brand new M-Class Mercedes is an expense, but it's a stupid one. So I don't right. know, is Here, it that or is he spending his 100000 on food? Well, uh, dude, why do you have five people in your household? D or no, six. Did you not know how, how income per capita works? Um, go get my book, Poor Richard's Retirement. I go over what a budget was in the 50s, and I guarantee you you're pissing away money somewhere. You, there's money you don't need. Um, and your kids are going to be – another thing, and I, I don't know what you guys are paying – I never understood like, oh, I'm going to buy a house and each kid has to have a room. I'm like, no, you kids are on your way. Out. If I ever were to advocate, it's like you kids are on your way out in like 18 years. I'm going to go back <laughs> to banging your mom on the kitchen island. So, no, I'm not getting a bigger house for you little snot-nosed kids who are going to be Lee. You're temporary boarders right here right now. I expected you to say 18 months. Can you even afford the average home price in the United States on $100,000 per year? Oh, easy. Yeah. Here's, yeah. here's another thing. Is it depends on the interest rate. Um, maybe not so much now. But when I went and did Poor Richard's retirement, you look at the average budget. The average American just pisses away all this money on stupid crap. Other men's jerseys. Cars is a huge thing. That's a huge jerseys. thing. Men just drop a ton of money on stupid crap. More modernly, women are bringing student loan debt to the family household finances, which is which is horrible. Men are doing it too, but not to the extent that women are. You just got to stop buying the fancy cars and the fancy clothes and going out for dinner all the time. I don't know. Maybe raise your effing family. Maybe have sit-down meals. Maybe, oh, my God. Hey, ladies, maybe you make a dinner for your family and you sit down and you have a conversation. And then maybe you watch a little bit of Andy Griffith. Um, not everyone needs a cell phone. Cell phone plans are another huge thing. I could go on and on, but, um, $200 could, cable bills a month. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need cable. Look, you can, I'm going to say it again. It's a choice. You can get by on one income with a family of five. It's going to have to be a certain amount of income, but you can do it. The average income. And if you're not, you're, you, you go, I could guarantee you, I could go through your personal budgets right now. And easily clean out a thousand dollars a month, and that would help out with your. But you might have to go without your Range Rover or your nail salon. You might have to do your own nails. Heaven forbid. <laughs> I think that's all of them. Let me keep going here. I don't think people really realize just how freaking like awesome. Uh, I hate to glossy like this, Jay, but I don't think people really understand like your history in real estate and like what you have been doing. What, how long have you been doing this since you were like in your twenties, right? Yeah. I got my real estate license when I was 19. I bought my first rental property when I was 20 years old. And uh, man, I, I just love income property. It's the asset everybody needs is a house, you know, and the world beats a path to your door. There's and, yeah, and when you were 19, I take it, there was no social media. There was no YouTube. There was no, like, it's much, much easier these days. The, well, yeah, it's easier, but social media has ruined the fricking marriage and dating market, man. It's mm -hmm. just, 
It's if just, only there was know, a rich single bachelor somewhere who has a profession mm-hmm. and was stable. If only we could find someone like yeah. that. <laughs> it's it's the problem is you know it's like government is the new husband and social media is the new three thousand boyfriends. Alpha I mean, flex and beta bucks. There it is. No no, no 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 boyfriend can give as much validation as Instagram. To Jason, I got I got to ask you this, like. You're talking to a girl, whether it's in person or online, and she doesn't know you got multiple millions of dollars. Does that go through your head? Like, this bitch has no clue how much money I have, and she's giving me the cold shoulder? I mean, it's oh, like, man, that's got to happen. I don't even bother with online dating anymore. It's just a waste of time. Every so damn time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do it. You know, I'll do it. He for Dude, five girls bucks. sleep with that poor broke ass bartender. I don't think they care about money until they want a family. So, God, they even sleep with Jack. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> I mean, how bad is it? It's just, holy cow. Abdullah, I was waiting bucks. for something. I, we haven't picked on you in a while. It is not your house. It is your turn. Pay rent and go. I love that. Everything is a service now. House is a service. Girlfriend is a service. Use the service and go. Scrolling down. We're you'll own nothing up. and you'll be happy. Eat the bugs. How does that play out with like women and with uh, your house? <laughs> It's not, um, it's not your house. It's just your turn. It's not your chick. It's just your turn. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight developed five bucks. Guys, it's not about if she'll make you a sandwich or half bedroom fun. It's about if she wants to pay. Genuine desires her paying half the rent. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Or she walks in and, and I, I got to tip my hat because I've known several women in my life who have good finances. For the women who are listening, you know, all of this applies to you too. It's not like the laws of economics is, right. is uh, sexist or anything. But you want long-term stability, you have to be stable yourself. So if you want to find a guy who has finances stable, good guy, blah, 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 you can't be walking in with $40,000 in credit card debt, uh, a car payment through a payday lender, and uh, you know, a credit score of 410. Uh, well, it, Aaron, I don't know, you know why you say that. Of course they can. They do it all the time. <laughs> I mean, true. You know, the, the, the supply and demand dynamics of the market are there's tons of guys that'll just take that on. Well, they they will, but it's going to be one of drama and chaos. Yeah, I. I'm not I'm saying talk- it's fair or good. I'm just saying it's true. That's it is, but I would say for my audience, because the women that we have tune in, you got to admit, the girls that tune into us are kind of a special breed and a little oh, bit yeah. more tough and rugged and higher quality, awesome. and yeah. they are facing kind of the same opposite side of the coin that and there's just not a lot 40. of you know. Yeah, there's not a lot of quality guys out there as we're talking to a self-made multimillionaire and a, a professional athlete in the other. Um, but I just saying, come if you want good, stable, you know, a, a long-term relationship, a prerequisite of is having good finances together. Uh, Scott Ludke, really five bucks. You, she'll take out a bank loan for you. <laughs> I never oh. understood if, you know, how many months of a guy's salary has to be the number of carrots. Like, who the fuck came up with that that is by the way that's a that's a meme that's been going around for a while after tinder swindler like if she really loved you she'd take out a bank loan for you (laughs) you got this guy that women will like take out bank loans for it's like you want to talk about genuine desire like ride or die girl but but that same girl is going to get married to you and go "Uh uh-uh we need a joint account and i want to be on the lease and i want to (laughs) we don't do anal rollo Rollo, it's interesting that there is a whole movie about the Tinder swindler, yet there are a zillion Tinder swindlers that are female and they never make a documentary about them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Basic bitch the movie. Dude, that was <laughs> horrible. 
Oh, uh, Scott Lukey, five bucks. I only pay seven thirty a month for my mortgage. Good luck finding a crack house to rent under a thousand dollars nowadays. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy the Democrat younger people voted themselves out of the housing market. Django and uh, Geek, uh, five bucks. I own a two bedroom, one ba- bathroom, valued at three hundred forty thousand. But I think I might be better off renting it out while I rent a one bedroom, one bathroom for nine hundred month DC area. What do you think? If it gets you closer to commute, like if it saves you 40 minutes of your time a day, absolutely. Your time is your number one asset. Um, but if it's only going to save you five, 10 minutes, eh, you're going to have to move and all that. I do analyze things more from a time perspective because that's how you end up inevitably making your money. And, uh, oh, they keep coming in, guys. Now I know what it's like no, to be an OnlyFans girl. Oh, my God. Uh, Red Hammerhead, five bucks. We have one car. Renting a three-bedroom house, groceries, twelve hundred a month. Renting a thirteen hundred square foot house for two thousand per month. One car renting three. Okay, you got. Is is this the lawyer that had the family? Mm-hmm. I Hammerhead. think so. Yeah, you, you just had too many kids, dude. Again, you will suffer. That's the answer. You you will suffer. Um. Okay, got to go. See you guys soon. All right, see you, hey. Jack. Oh my God, it keeps going. Let's uh let's round this out real quick. <clears throat> um, who's this? Punch. Put put that in. Oh, that is that the Tinder swindler? That's a, yeah, that's no, no, that's this Tinder swindler meme I was talking about. I laughed my ass off when I saw this because I was just like, wow. Because when when I saw Tinder swindler, I'm like, that it's it's a it's an indictment, I think, of sort of the. Um, the this just sort of the the general state of uh intersexual dynamics and the general state of like you know men of the sexual marketplace right now it's like it, desire like genuine desire will override all of these other considerations where women are like oh yeah i need a guy who makes uh of you know five hundred thousand dollars a year i need a guy who makes um you know uh, th- these are the, these are my my terms of my hostage terms right my ransom terms my uh th- this is what i find as an acceptable a uh, high value guy but then th- you you could see a dude like uh the, i forget what's his name but uh, the tinder swindler guy can come in there and it doesn't matter whether he's for real or he's legit or whatever women will actually take out loans for him if your game is good enough <laughs> How Almost many, like women don't know what they're talking about sometimes, huh? For women who have game, <laughs> I mean, zillions of them. It's, yeah. I mean, why isn't there a documentary about that? Why aren't they called swindlers? Because because it doesn't sell. It yeah, guys aren't at home all day waiting to watch documentaries and the soccer moms and housewives. That's the Dahmer shit. That's like forty year old Karen is watching back the Dahmer, man. <laughs> Oh boy! I should know this. You got his glasses out of the auction. I, well, I was in Milwaukee when he was killing the people. That was oh, big news cool. when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess one other thing I I, I kind of would want to um, bring up going forward, it, it just to incorporate this into your pursuit of women down the road as you concurrently pursue real estate. Uh, a lot of girls are complaining. You know, oh, you don't have guys financially stable, living home, and all that other stuff. If men pursue uh, housing that is practical and serves as lodging. And I let's take my bachelor hut as an example. <clears throat> you take a tough shed bought from Home Depot, you pour a concrete base, you're out in the middle of the woods, you're in a pretty and you have say 20 acres, all right? You are in pretty good shape, but the optics on that is not good for your dating life. Like, oh yeah, come to my house. Now you're driving this girl down a dirt road. There's a hut on this abandoned property. And I, I'm wondering going forward is it is in your best financial interest, but do you think women are still going to 
poo poo. They, they I think this is why guys don't want what they say they want. There's a guy saying, I want to raise a family and shit, but then mm -hmm. he buys the place that makes it least likely he's ever going to meet a woman. So I know there's something at play here, some emotional need the guy has that's not there. Because if you wanted to meet a woman, you would be buying a condo in a downtown area because that's where all the women are. But it, but it goes against your financial good. interests. Is it though? You yeah. wanted the? Did you want a family or not? How well, bad but, did you want it? Well, well he, I I don't want to have to go into any debt. I don't have to make any changes in my lifestyle to possibly attract one first. No, no. I want to have the perfect financial situation that's not appealing to women and then for them to come to me. The irony Dickie. you say the perfect financial situation will not I under that's why I say See, what I'm saying is there's a narcissism behind it that nothing is wrong with me. It's all women and everything that I value that women don't value is the only thing that's important. And I hate to say it, but yeah, I get it. It's not the best financial decision to do things. Sometimes it's a sexual selector to show that I can waste money on a suboptimal financial thing to attract women. And yeah, well, if that you would want a cold. wife, if you want a family, you might have to go live in that place that doesn't have a shed. That's a condo that's too small because that's where the women are. And you find that woman who has a job, has her act together, and then you move her to South Dakota. You don't move to South Dakota and then hope the supermodels will come find you. That's just unrealistic. <laughs> Hey, there's a you line look at this, down my dirt road up to my shed right now. Yeah, but here's the thing. You brought the girl with you. She I already did. loved you first. So you did it in the right order. There's guys that I don't have a woman yet. I'm going to go live in the woods. Now, where's the women? It's like they're not in the fucking woods, dude. <laughs> you got to get out there, man. And then That's have the balls point. and say it's their fault for not moving out to the woods to find my awesome ass. Hey, I just Ryan, find it laughable. I'll have you know, you drive 15 miles into town from the shed. The 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 one bar in town in Wisconsin has karaoke, and there's some okay looking single oh, moms. Shit, you never mentioned the nice. So you, so you get there like right after you have your Perkins, and then you go straight yeah. over. Oh, Perkins, that's <laughs> but, way off into the city. You got to go though? to the big like, city for that. Guys are saying they want something, but they're literally making decisions that make it less likely that they're going to achieve it. If you were to look at chicks the same way you look True. at money, you would be yelling at these guys for how stupid they are. Yeah. But for some reason, you throw a set of tits on the dollar bills, and now it's cool. It's like women are whores, and we should have had them in the like. Yeah. Do you see what I mean though? Yeah, I, you know, I'll tell you, I spent uh, last week with uh, actually with Jason uh, in Vegas and, you know, developing the new show with Mike Sartain and going out to, you know, to Zook and to go and, you know, really kind of getting back into what I used to do all, quite a bit in when I was working in Wine and Spirits. And I was out there and I'm, I'm talking to, to women and I'm talking to guys who are out there in the clubs as well. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, you know what? We in well, certainly in the manosphere. I mean, I'll say manosphere is very broad, but I would say that I think a lot of the guys who follow this sort of content are very insular because they're not the guys that are out there, like you were saying before. You know, go fish where the fish are, kind of thing. They're not out there. They they are. You want to say, oh, you know, most men are invisible. Yeah, well, go and fucking make yourself visible. That's the that's. I, I, that that is a, a valuable lesson I think I learned over the course of like last week in Vegas is like that world there's there's an entire freaking world out there that guys just simply have no concept of and when they see it on their on their screen when they see it on on, on YouTube or wherever they go oh well you know I would I have too much respect for myself to ever want to go and do something like that it's like no dude you're not there because you are in bumfuck Egypt dude you're in fucking Butte Montana you're what in a, in a shack somewhere in a freaking whatever in your mom's basement I don't know 
But the thing is, I think that we we tend to, especially in our sphere, we tend to think of it as this big global, you know, extroversion when in fact it's really an introversion. And when you go out there and you're actually, you know, rubbing elbows with people and you're engaging with people like that's like it's like speaking a fucking foreign language, man. It's like I can't just it's like you can't like uh, what's what, what's the movie quote? You can't uh, tell people about the Matrix. You can only show them the Matrix. Yeah. It's like you have to get out there and you have to experience it. You have to be in the freaking trenches. You have to be out there doing even even if you're just on the sidelines, you will have a different perspective. It's almost like this. And I think Jason was saying before, go travel, go see other places, go out to go, you know, go to different countries, experience other cultures. It's like. It's not even so much. I mean, yeah, please keep doing that. But it's not even so much that it's like, get out of your fucking house. Yeah. Go out there and put, go fish where the fish are, man. Go put yourself into social situations where it's sink or swim. And then after a while, you know, after a few reject after rejections and you're going to get freaking rejected and you're going to be like, you know, feel a little bit weird. But once you get out into those situations, at the very least, you will appreciate the difference between IRL in real life and the shit that you're doing right behind your freaking phone or you know, whatever it is that you use to engage with people on social media or on discord or on Reddit or whatever. Reddit is not the freaking world. Twitter is not the real world. And I'm quoting Hotep Jesus here, but it's not the real world. You need to go out like they have zero frame of reference for actually being out there and, and, and engaging with women, engaging with men too. That's why, cause guys don't have like those tribes. They don't have the networking or they don't know how to uh, even talk to other dudes. They don't have a, a, a group of bros to go hang out with. I think that's very important, but it requires one thing, get out there and get a new frame of reference in the real, in the real world, real life. I, I stand corrected um, on my, uh, housing strategy uh everyone find the one girl develop one itis buy the biggest mcmansion next to her and uh finance it at 12 percent. ryan has convinced me that that's a so skip skip the hut in the in the woods there guys we, we yeah. got that but. yeah and then she'll take off with the pool man but you know that's what happens <laughs> as, as you're busy making the mortgage payment um rollo you're absolutely right and that was fun hanging with you in vegas uh last week uh i'll tell you though it just blew my mind it's of course i've been seeing it all along but when we were at the nightclub that night, mm -hmm. I, I mean, all these girls are just filming themselves on their phones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something pathetic. Like mm -hmm. all they're doing is worried about getting video for Instagram. Yep. I, yep. I mean, they're not they're but not yeah, engaging. But you, know what, but you know what, Jay? That's everywhere. I was at I the know. Death it's Angel terrible. concert last night. And it's like, I will tell you this is like th they're doing the same thing there. They're doing the same thing oh, everywhere no, else, man. I can't even believe yeah. what our society's become. It's a disaster. Yeah. But you know what? You have to go out there and see that happening to have that to have that frame of reference and that appreciation for it. Yeah, I'm agree. I'm agreeing with you guys all. It's um it hang on, let me get that. Uh but at the same time, with something as important as finances, like buy the property now, do your traveling, buy the property. You don't have to live out in the hut just yet. But once you've lived in the city, you've you've done your thing, you've gotten the experience, and you then find a girl. Yes, fine. I'm just picturing like some guy if I don't want to deprive a young man because I had a client not too long ago. He had a piece of property outside a major metro where he could have built the thing and the hut and all that. And that would have drastically improved his finances and hopefully he does it. Uh, but the, you know, and that doesn't mean you can't go into town in a more cosmopolitan area and pursue girls and all that. Uh, but the, the pursuits, cause rents are just so high in the mm -hmm. city, not to mention housing. Uh, I think just traveling uh, to different spots, different hotspots like Miami or Vegas or something 
is probably going to be a better uh, expenditure of your money. Let's get through a couple uh, last hey, Aaron, super chats here. Yeah. Aaron, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, guys, I got to jump back in my conference here. Uh, but I just want to say it's been super fun. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah. And uh, everybody out there listening, keep the faith, you know. And uh, Tell people where they can find you, Jason. Guys. What's your website? Your website. Uh, JasonHartman.com. Uh, I have a very popular podcast called The Creating Wealth Show, wherever you get your podcast or uh, – uh, YouTube channel as well, which someone put in the chat. I saw that. Uh, so uh, catch me on YouTube or podcast or jasonhartman.com. Thanks again, guys. Really great Thanks, to meet you, sir. Yeah, Thanks, fun. man. Thanks, Bye. Jay. We'll have you again, man. This is great. Thank you. But Clary, uh, you yeah. keep pushing back. Like, do you understand what I'm saying, though? Like, if guys want something, if they if they want it, it, yeah. But I'm saying there's a cheaper way to get that. They have to Maybe. have that same, yeah. Like, you, you have to be around where women are, though, and women. Right, you are no, no doubt about it. Right, places. Right, and I would say when you go go out to to social events like Rolo saying dress like Troy Francis, um, you know, go well, and I talk go to, to his the, death metal cartons dress like Troy. Go Francis. to a death metal cart. Either can No, I'm I'm totally with not you there, one. but I would not. I would not if you found your piece of property in wherever Montana. Mm-hmm. Go and do it, but then stick around in whatever the Twin Cities or Kansas City or Denver uh, to find your girl. But I, I think after a while, and you know, I haven't been out in the field in a long time, but it, it's going to be a, a inevitably mostly a waste of time. Uh, you, you know, it's going to be long searching costs, and you can cut that down by doing it the right way. But your long term uh, f- uh, fundamental finances should not be delayed or impaired because of it. Well, it's going to um, have to be impaired a little bit. That's what trade-offs A little bit, means. yeah. No, there's there's no, what was it, Thomas Solwood? There are no solutions, only trade-offs. Which makes, but I guess it's, yeah, you, what, we're, so I guess we're saying the same thing. It's just your trade-offs of finding waifu versus mm. having mm. a nice nest egg for a waifu. Like, mm. pick where you want to be on that scale. I got to. Um, at least do it knowingly. Don't just. I got, a, I got a new perspective on that. because, I, And I think it was, I think, God forbid, I think it was Robert Kiyosaki who said this. You know, it's like there's difference between assets and liabilities. You want a woman who's an asset. Let's just be honest. Okay. You don't want a liability. That's number one. Uh, number two is this is like he would say like you if you are into like if, if there's like luxuries and things that you like like the things that you want to pay for. And those are, would be considered liabilities or it's just money out. It's like, they're not going to make you money. They're never, never going to be an asset like your hobbies or, I mean, you could say, you know, traveling that maybe that's a, maybe that can be an asset because it's part of like what you do. But if there are things that you want to do, for instance, like you want to collect expensive guitars, like I'm not going to make a whole lot of money off of the investment in my, in, in this kind of stuff. Right. But what he was saying is that you have people who are your assets or you have things that are at your assets that pay for your luxuries, right? So you have, uh, and I think probably Jason has said something similar to this in the past is like, you've got, you know, people who are essentially their renters and they're paying you money and you're making money while you are asleep. What you do then is like you use that money to pay for those luxuries and you're not the one who's actually, you know, you're not using the money that you would otherwise put into assets. You have other people pay for your luxuries. Why not apply the same thing to like, you know, uh, getting getting out there and getting into the clubs or getting into it doesn't have to be clubs, maybe whatever social groups you're involved in in uh, in South Dakota. There, I don't know, the Rotary Club. Poker. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, I save a ton the of money. 
guys. I don't know. <laughs> but as far as um, as far as getting out there, um, why not use those assets or have other people pay for your luxuries? And if women, you if you're going to consider women a luxury or a, it's going to be money out, why not have other people fund your money out so that you can go do the things that you want? In this case, it happens to be going out and want and looking for a chick or or going out and dating. All right, let's get through the rest of Super, super Chats. We'll call it a day here. Uh, Red Hammer, five bucks of one car, renting three-bedroom house, groceries, 1200 per month, renting 1300 square foot for 2000 per month. Uh, yeah, you got a family of six living in that. Um, you're going to have to cut your expenses. Uh, but good luck. And I think he said somewhere else he wanted to have like eight kids. Here we go. Basically, just need to make more money. I'm only 29. I've got time. I wanted eight kids, so I married a young virgin, started baby making. Kids cost money. Children... Mm-hmm are the number one cause of poverty. That, that's it. It's, it's not, a, it is. The more capita you have, the less income per capita or wealth per capita. You can make no, a hundred thousand. I agree. It sounds like he's actually decently good with his money, but he's just stretched to the max. Yeah. Okay. I mean, children, maybe give one of the kids to grandma. <laughs> are children assets or liabilities? Both. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, in China, they used to be assets. Now I think here they're liabilities. Financially, they're definitely liabilities, but but they're assets because that's the, the one of the number one reasons for you to live. You should you should love your children. And I, I think he wants to have a big family. So I think he's and the wife stays home. So it shows that you, they're serious about raising their children. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that, you know, it, God, you, I, I appreciate and you could get by on a shoestring budget, but you got to start introducing reality a little bit as well in terms of your finances. Uh, Touch Brilliance, five bucks. Jordan Peterson and Rolla both helped me get over childhood trauma. Still working on it, but couldn't do it with you guys. I think he meant without you guys. Um, <clears throat> there is, we got like a lot of high dollar ones. Uh, 907 go. King, 20 generous. Oh, Jason Hartman and Boozy Business. Who's Boozy Badass? badass? Who's Boozy Badass? Good question. Okay. Oh, no, it's Boozy. Yeah, uh, he's a, that's a rapper. Okay. You sure? Yeah, yeah. He's just been in the news recently. Uh, saying the same thing, social media ruined dating. Nine hundred fifty a month plus electric for in Alaska for two bedroom, one bath. That's pretty pricey for Alaska, I'd imagine. Uh, Unifrog twenty Australian dollars. Shake it for us, Cappy. And no, no, there'll be no shaking. That was twenty dollars, man. Come on, twenty dollars is $20. Australian. That's like ten dollars US. <laughs> that is twenty dollars. Twenty dollars is twenty dollars. No, no. no. <laughs> I always got it here, here, Jake. Here, Louis. This is this is the best super chat ever. He gives me fifty dollars, fifty generous dollars. Has nothing to say. That's oh, wonderful. That's like a woman that just makes you a meal and doesn't want to talk. It's just wonderful. Thank you, JMT. I appreciate it very much. And let's end the super chats because we all got to get going. So no more super chats. You can save it uh, for later on next week. Buy a yacht. Uh, <laughs> great, great investment. <laughs> uh, buy a yacht. No, there's a couple more. I don't want to. Do we catch them all? I think we got them all. No. Nope. Uh, no, you got a few. Okay, uh, Moaxa 93 Australian. Great show. Thanks for the internet, daddies. No problem. No. And, uh, Gino, seven Canadian bucks. He has nothing to say. And there's Rusty, Rusty Fuel, Fuel right five bucks. Buy a yacht first. No, no, that's all right. I won't be doing that. That's oh, it. Oh, I love this. Americans need what? to become more humble, male or female. And trust me, they will for what's coming. Americans what in the fuck is this? What's what exactly is coming? Uh, what, well, it's already I mean, here, kind of. You guys have mega tubes? What exactly is coming? Uh, inflation? Lower standards of living? Poor people? 
Who knows? Who cares? Me being proven right. Must be the end of the show because our our little wiry rat dogs. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's promote our stuff very quickly. Ryan, what you got going on? Dude, just come to the channel. Honestly, I got videos. Book two is first round of editing, so it's going to be out soon. Turns out my book ended up being big enough that it's now two books. One on frame, one on dread. So uh, hopefully I have it out before Christmas. Merch is the merch store. It's working out. Enjoy yourselves. Roll, you got anything? Do you have any books you published? Uh, I've got a few. Uh, Something like, (laughs) yeah, I actually have five. Everybody thinks I only have one. Um, yeah, those are all available on Amazon. Actually, the, uh, I'm going to be shooting next week. I will be in Las Vegas once again. Actually, I'll be in Vegas for the next, uh, two weeks. I'm going to (laughs) be, I'm going to be driving down from Reno, uh, on probably Tuesday. I'm going to meet the Sable brothers down there. We're going to be doing, I'm going to go see a Golden Knights game with them for, uh, one of our, it's a utility we have for one of our NFT holders. I think maybe two, two of our NFT holders. And so we'll be doing a Golden Knights game. I am developing a new show with Mike Sartain. It is called Access Vegas. It is a panel show. And no, it is in no way meant to be anything like uh, Fresh and Fit. Uh, we only do it once every other week. Uh, if we can get it to one week uh, or we, if we can get it every week, we'll probably try to do something like that. But uh, it's already getting a lot of uh, really positive uh, feedback. So uh, that is in Las Vegas, Nevada. It is at Sticky Paws Studio, which uh, was a great find. And if you follow Miguel from uh, Dollar Cost Crypto, uh, we're using we're basically the same same studio. And uh, there's there's actually two studios at this place, and it was just fantastic. Uh, I'm help I'm talking to the guys who own Sticky Paws right now, and we're we're you know just talking talking about you know uh, investing in a larger larger studios and uh, actually one that might be put into uh, Caesars uh, in, in Vegas. So we'll see how that goes. All right. well, that um, but we, yeah, we, so we we're working on this new show um, just to sort of, uh, it's a panel show. Uh, we get the girl, we get the girls on there and we have conversations. Uh, it was really, really, uh, I think it was pretty good conversations we had last week or was on Friday. I'll be doing that again on uh, this coming Friday, which is October 21st. And then we'll have another show on t- October 28th. We're doing it always at the same time which is going to be fridays at 10 p.m pacific time so we are a west coast show so i'm going to start uh giving you times in pacific times so uh that w- that's coming up uh in the next uh in the next few weeks i will of course be on my show tomorrow at 1 p.m pacific 4 p.m eastern uh i'm going to i am not going to be all dis- right all right all right we gotta go jesus but yes. i will be uh i will be uh talking about the uh the uh conversation between adam sosnick and hafiz and the rest of those guys good just, people can search you all right yes, you and i'm on uh i'm on twitter uh at find you. Yeah, find, sure. i gotta plug my stuff too before Everybody all else. my audience dies to zero i'm gonna listen to the menu on my drive all the way there to Vegas just there because you, you gave me that plug all right uh subscribe to my channel i'm at ninety four thousand. i just need six thousand more that's all i ask also the achieving financial excellence course is open this weekend, why don't you not be a debauched, overspending, degenerate piece of shit and get your financial act together? The link is not down below, I don't think, or maybe it is. But Achieving Financial Excellence, it's available on Teachable. And then since we talked about finance, go get my book, Bachelor Pad Economics, the financial advice Bible for men. You'll all be taken care of. That's it. We'll see you guys later. Toodles. <laughs>